Three Counties Radio. I'm Lee Acknew. The headlines demands that money for the failed Luton Girls Academy is paid back. Four Luton men jailed in gun crime crackdown and success for Sam Smith at the Grammys. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's demands that the founders of a failed girls academy in Luton should pay back the grant they received. The government has withdrawn its support for the school and the Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, fears the education department won't get a penny back. I don't know what this money was spent on that. That's where I now go in terms of trying to get parliamentary answers. But if the Department for Education can't give me a decent answer as to where this public money was spent, I'm sorry, they've failed on their duty. And we can go after the people that have spent it, but I'm sorry, ultimate political accountability lands with ministers who are asleep on the job. Four men have been jailed as part of a crackdown on gun crime in Luton. They were caught with a sawn-off shotgun after a police stakeout. Jane Killick reports. The court heard that in June last year, 19-year-old Dylan Beckford and 25-year-old Dion Ellis bought an angle grinder to cut down the stolen shotgun. When armed police raided a bedsit in Russell Rise, they threw the gun and its barrel out of the window. 23-year-old Alex Myers and 44-year-old Victor Martin were also convicted and were all sentenced to between six and a half and seven years in prison. The family of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down in Luton have raised £3,000 for a survey of the road where she died. Maya Shahzad was hit by a bus on Dunstable Road six months ago. The police say it was an accident, but Maya's mother, Shahzia, disagrees. There's no safe crossings in Bury Park. If you go from the, you know, walk from the, right from the plaza to the top, there is no safe crossing. How would, you know, how, uh, people that are going out, where are they supposed to cross from? Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night at the Grammys. The singer, who grew up on the Hertfordshire border and went to school in Bishop Stortford, won four awards, including Best New Artist and Record of the Year. Our correspondent in Los Angeles, Peter Bowes, says it's unusual for someone so new to the music world to do so well. An extraordinary achievement for Sam Smith. He's only 22 years. He's only really been on the music scene, at least as far as most people are aware, especially here in the United States, for a couple of years and to win record of the year in his first big year at the Grammys, the same year that he wins Best New Artist, is a very rare achievement. Meanwhile, at the BAFTAs, Boyhood was named Best Film, but the imitation game, which tells the story of Bletchley Park co-breaker Alan Turing, failed to win any of its nine nominations. In sports, there were wins for Watford and Wickham over the weekend, a draw for Luton, but defeat for Stevenage, and fresh from holding the League One leaders Bristol City to a goalless draw, MK Dons visit Bradford this evening. The weather will be generally cloudy today, with mist and fog patches slow to clear through the day. Top temperatures around 6 degrees Celsius. That's 43 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Didn't the um, Los Angeles correspondent, who I didn't know we had, didn't he sound like he had his finger on the pulse of uh, popular entertainment? He's only a young man, he's only been on the music scene a while, but he really is making his name for himself across in the States. Sound like uh, he knew what the kids were talking. He's only been on the music scene a while, but he really is making his name for himself over here in uh, the United States of. Who was he talking about, Roger Daltrey? I've got no idea. Samuel Smith. Samuel Smith. Sa- two of the blandest names put together into one of the blandest bodies. Oh, he really is. He really is singer, making though. a name for himself over here in the United States of America. And we've got to say hats off to that young fella. Let's hope he does well next year as well.
Didn't know we had a Los Angeles correspondent. Can, can I can I be the Los Angeles correspondent? Oh no, I hate Lo- I hate Los Angeles. Hey, Dealey's back. Dealey's back. Yeah. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And that really is. Uh, that really is all you need to know, isn't it? That Justin Dealey's back in the building, and he's brought hobnobs with him, and he's orange. Yeah, he, <laughs> I thought we might get like you know big pencils or rainbow rubbers or something, you know, with uh, bar- hobnobs. Barbados or the Caribbean written on it. Are they, are they Caribbean hobnobs? I think they must uh, be. Yeah, there must be a delicacy over there. Mm, no. Just normal, your your bog standard hobnob. It's eh? as if he's just called in at the garage on the way. He's <laughs> all. <laughs> now, at the end of Friday's show, it emerged just how much public money had been given to a school in Luton that never was and looks as if it never will be. One hundred and eighty thousand pounds. That's the amount given to the company behind the application for the Luton Girls Academy, a company who couldn't or wouldn't tell us where they planned to put this school until a few weeks ago and still hasn't told parents it won't be happening at all, although the website is... Well, what you showed me the website. What, what's the... How have they revealed the news on the website, Catherine? The headline, breaking news. Just the headline. That's it. They don't tell you nothing. Well, Bodril Amin is from the Luton branch of the National Union of Teachers. Uh, morning, Bodril. What's your reaction to the fact that nearly £200,000 of public money has been spent on, well, not a lot, it would appear? Oh, good morning. Um, well, the whole free school um, programme uh, set by the government is a farce. And, um, you know, this is just an example of how public money can be... Uh, wasted on 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 schools, um, you know, being built or in this case, uh, not being built um, in places where there's demands for primary school places. Um, in, so, in this instance, the yeah. the, uh, the idea of uh, a, a school like this hasn't worked. But th- there are there are examples where it has worked. You can't knock the whole system just because of this one, can you? Well, there's been a, quite a few examples where um, the free school. Uh, free schools have actually uh, uh, failed. But the, the issue with the free schools is that they're not built where there's places where, where there's need. It's built um, sort of where people feel that they don't have a new school. Um, so, for example, in Luton, um, there is a shortage of primary school places. There are other places where there's a shortage of places, but um, schools are not being built. And local authorities are not allowed to build uh, new schools. Um, so what we're having is uh, a lot of money being wasted um, on uh, on a vanity project, in effect. Uh, Bodril? Hello? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. the, the sentence went, went upwards, and I assume there are more words, but that was my misinterpretation. But yeah. just because someone is... Uh, just because um, the, the primary schools aren't being opened, uh, you can't knock other people for, for opening other schools, can you? Well... The issue is that obviously prior to twenty ten, if, pa- if, par- if parents or, or charities feel that they want to set up a school, they are empowered to do so with this free school system. But what, what we're saying is there is a national uh, crisis at the moment with, with with the shortage of school places. Now, and they're building more schools, so that's got to be fantastic. Yeah, but the schools are not necessarily being built where the, where there is a need. This is the whole issue. What we want to see is a, a uh, schools built on a needs basis. Where there's a need, 
But that's not happening. That, that's not. You could still campaign for schools to be built on a needs basis. But it's not, the, the reason why it's not happening is because local authorities are not allowed to build um, uh, schools. And that's the reason why... OK, but you could still campaign happening. for local authorities to be allowed to build schools um, and also allow these um, uh, organisations, these charities, these parents who want to, who feel the need to set up a school where they are. Why, why can't both systems exist? Well... We have a system in this country which worked perfectly well, where we had local authorities um, given the funds, given the money to build schools where there's, where there's a need for school places. And it's a system that worked. So all of a sudden now we have, we've had this new government come in place. Yeah. They've bought in the free school system from 2010 onwards. Um, we, you know, to look at if it's successful or not. But Bodro, I, Bodro, I don't understand. Okay, yeah. if you're saying you don't like free schools simply because local councils aren't allowed to open their own primary schools, well, surely you can have both systems. You, you, you surely instead of campaigning against free schools, you should be campaigning for local councils to be allowed to open up primary schools. It does sound, it does sound, Bodril, um, you know, that the NUT, obviously not great fans of, of, of Tories or the coalition government, it does just sound like you're trying to make political points. No, we're not trying to make a political point. What you have to look at is the free school system in Sweden. It's been, it's been in place Why? Um, for 20 years, there are free schools. It's been a, a complete failure. But, but, but Bodril, again... Tumbled, you... They've tumbled down the PISA rankings. Uh, it's led to a lot of social problems in, in Sweden, so... Um, you know, there's a system. Well, that then, we why don't we why don't we country. do what we can to improve the system over here to make sure it works? Why why don't you leave free schools alone? Let them get on with what they're doing. Because as you say, th th listen, that there is a shortage of school places everywhere. I can't imagine a school popping up where there isn't a shortage of, of of school places. So let them get on doing what they're doing and succeeding where they are succeeding, and campaign for local councils to be allowed to open uh, primary schools. Well, it's not simply just a case of. Um, you know, having having both systems in place because it's one or the other, a, is it? In your well, opinion? Well, no. There's a, there's an accountability issue with free schools, as you can see with this free school application. No ah. one knows who these people are. No one knows, what, you know, okay. whether being up D to different there's argument. An account, there's an accountability issue as well. Okay. Well, the, the, what we're doing is the government is giving one billion pounds to a lot, a lot of these organisations, not knowing. Where the money? How much spent, money? Sorry, how, how, one billion pound has been allocated to free schools. Yeah, but they are they are accountable. Well, who's who's holding them to account? Well, it will be the Department for Education. Well, clearly in this situation they failed. Well, they no, failed well clearly this, but this is st this is still early days in this situation, Bodwell. This is still very early days, and I imagine that the uh, Department for Education will be investigating where that money has gone. But, but, but also, you're, 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 you're kind of shutting down one argument and moving on to something else. You, you've, you've not been able to, to say, you're now saying it's accountability, you've not been able to say why we can't have both systems, the free school system and you guys campaigning for local councils to be allowed to open primary schools. Well, no, it just feels it, like you've got beef. <laughs> we, 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 we don't just have beef. It's actually the system, the free school system, and um, what we are saying is that local authorities, democratically elected local authorities. What's wrong with giving the money to democratically elected local authorities, which was the situation prior to 2010, having that money to spend on school places based on need? That's what we're basically saying. Bodrell, thank you very much indeed. Bodrell Amin from the Luton branch of the National Union of Teachers.
Yes, there's magic in my eyes I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles Oh yeah If you think that I don't know about the little tricks you play See you when deliberately you put things in my way Well, here's a poke at you You're gonna choke on it too You're gonna lose that smile Because all the while I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles and miles advantage of my trust in you when I was so far away I saw you holding lots of other guys and now you've got the nerve to say that you still want me well that says maybe but you gotta stand trial because all the while I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles and
news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Aylesbury, looking at the speed sensors, the A41 starting to look a little bit busy between Exchange Street and Oxford Road. Elsewhere, there's some roadworks on the A413 in Whitchurch. There's temporary lights at the junction for Oving Road, which could get busy later on. In Highwick, on having a look at the A40, there's uh, no delays at the moment through the roadworks, but they are in both directions at Oxford Street, so that could cause some problems later on. And in Watford, looking at the speed sensors, it's all moving well on St Albans Road through the roadworks at Kingsway at the junction for the A405 and Horseshoe Lane. On the train departure boards, no reports of any major problems so far. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. 6.16, it's Monday the 9th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's demands that the founders of a failed girls' academy in Luton should pay back the grant they received. Four men have been jailed as part of a crackdown on gun crime in Luton. And singer Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night, taking four awards at the Grammys. And the weather will be on today. BBC Three Counties Radio. Inside Out, as a charity is shut down and under investigation, we talk to the mothers who sounded the alarm. We find out why one man is so angry about people who park on pavements and how the rediscovery of an ancient recipe for plaster is saving our East Anglian heritage. That's Inside Out with me, David Whiteley, tonight, 7.30 on BBC One. In my sink, you wash your face in my sink. In my sink, sink. You wash your face in my sink. In my sink, sink. You wash your face in my sink. Simplicity with synchronicity makes a mind melt. Revealed impossible, like a walk through a minefield. Sadly, get up to bat and take a swing. Think, should I? Should I? Try? Too late. You suck into the sink that I wash my face. You wash your face in my sink. In my sink, sink, sink. You wash your face in my sink. In my sink, sink. You wash your face in my sink. Tougher, that's what I'm getting, I'm getting rougher And you beat me, suffer The loss of an attempt well tried Well your side tried, but my side will never be denied Cause I'm swinging and stinging neglection with an injection of truth I've come to untwist the twisted youth How does it feel now that I got you all to think? Yeah, and wash your face in my sink You wash your face in my sink Here I go, I here I go, I here I go again. I have a little place to send a little false friend who tried to mess me up with little negative thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. a little negative thought. Me to never ever leave my fame into the hands of incompetence. That makes sense. So now I'll change tune for the tune allows changes for you to take a breath while your brain rearranges. What I just spoke into a language called speech. You try to catch it, but you just can't reach. But you leave a ring around my basin when you wash your face in, face in, in my sink. In my sink. You wash your face in my sink. I love big bum. Now the basin is clean to the gleam of the eye. You constantly lie when doves cry out. But you are not about what you say, the image, the field you reveal and portray. For never ever will I fall, fall to the effects of bandwagonism. So please listen, up, not down, for down is the devil. So roll like a boulder and not like a pebble. You roll like a rock, you roll like a rebel. For this is pure pain, pick axe and the shovel. Hear no command, hear just warning if you wake up in the morning and wash your face in my sink. You wash your face in my sink. 
the grounds of the play. Ground, the Y to the M to improve the sound. I mean, give me an MIC that is clean and witness the warriors of the dream. For the bigger the orange is the bigger the peel. Thieves who steal, get a wheel for real. A spin till it fin or until I give a pardon. Me, I never promised you a rose garden or nourishment. Just punishment for a thing who thinks he can wash his face in our sink. Uh, it's an idea that's been mooted several times that people who deliberately make unhealthy choices should pay for some of their NHS treatment. Uh, it's what a Buckinghamshire-born Conservative MP told a Sunday newspaper. Well, join me now is Simon Clark from the pro-smoking lobbying group Forest. Morning, Simon. Morning, Ian. Did you get your, uh, your lights fixed in your hotel? Um, it's a bit gloomy here, I yes. have to say. I've, just been, I've been reading your Twitter feed and everything, yes, everything went a little bit dark. Uh, what do you think about this idea? It pops up from time to time, doesn't it? It, it does. And, I mean, I personally am not against the idea of a privatised NHS where people do have to, um, you know, pay extra uh, for various things. But I think this Conservative MP needs to be honest that if we go down this route, it is the end of the NHS as we know it, because the NHS was set up on the basis that people would not be discriminated against on the basis of their race, creed, colour and lifestyle. And clearly this will be discriminating against people on the basis of their lifestyle. I think also it's a rather crass uh, comment on a number of uh, levels, because first of all, Smokers already pay an additional £10 billion a year in tobacco taxation, so they are already making a huge contribution to the welfare state in tobacco taxation. Same thing applies to drinkers as well. And of course, the other problem with it is that apart from, say, lung cancer, where about 80% of sufferers tend to be smokers, so there's a a clear correlation there. Most so-called smoking-related diseases are what they call multifactorial. So therefore, uh, smoking may be a factor, but there are other factors involved as well. So it's actually very difficult to say, yes, definitely, you've got your uh, heart disease or whatever it might be as a direct result of smoking. So it's difficult to pin the blame on it. Same with drinking as well, apart from unless you, you have perhaps liver disease or something. And so I don't see how hospitals are going to be mm. to say, People have definitely got ill as a result of smoking, drinking, whatever. I suppose one argument, Ben. I'm not saying this is necessarily what I think, that, but if you are if you are um, doing things that that are known to increase the chances of you being ill, for example, being massively overweight or or, or smoking heavily, um, why should the NHS cover uh, the costs if you're not going to meet them halfway? I guess is what I'm saying. If you're not prepared to make some um, uh, uh, changes to your lifestyle, why should the NHS do anything for them? Well, no, I do understand that, that argument, but as I say, that takes us away from the, the concept of the NHS, which was not to discriminate against people uh, on that basis. Mm. And you basically, you would no longer have the NHS. Now, why don't politicians actually come out and say, look, we want to go down a route of private health insurance. Oh, you know, why, you know why they won't say that, Simon, because <laughs> they'd never get uh, voted back in. Precisely, precisely. Now, that's, that, see, if they had the honesty to say that, I would, don't, wouldn't have a problem. That, that basically, if you're taking out private health insurance, you presumably have to 
um, you know, say how many units of alcohol you drink each week or how many cigarettes you smoke a day and so on. And then your, uh, your health insurance would be worked out as a result of that. So fair enough, that's the way they want to go. But under the NHS, it's simply, you know, it's not going to work. I suppose part of the, the thing, I mean, yeah, when the NHS was set up, it was, you know, the, for, for everybody. But there are loads more of us now and we're all living longer. And as, as we know, or as, as suggested by some people, the NHS can't cope. So perhaps they do have to cut corners slightly and exclude some people who aren't prepared to work at, uh, you know, meet them halfway. Yes, but again, that's, uh, I mean, that's a fair enough argument. But again, they have to say, look, we've got to completely change the NHS from what we've known it. We've got to encourage more people to take out uh, private health insurance in the same way that you take out uh, insurance on your house, on your car, and so many things. I mean, these are all, I mean, you, ha- you know, you're legally bound to take out uh, car insurance. But if they want to push us down the line of having private health insurance, then fair enough, but they've got to be honest about it. And I think the trouble is, though, in terms of picking on smokers or drinkers or whatever, where do you stop? What about people who play rugby, for example, or extreme sports? Ban them. Really? Ban them all, Simon. <laughs> I don't want them clogging up any... Hey, listen, can I ask you a question? Why, mm. why are you pro-smoking? I used to be a smoker, and even when I was a smoker, I, I knew it was bloody horrible. Why are you, why are you pro-smoking, Simon? Well, I must confess, I was going to take you up on that when you first introduced me as pro-smoking. We're not pro-smoking, we're actually pro-choice. Okay. I'm actually a lifelong non-smoker. I mean, we basically just take the point, and I take the view on a, on a personal level, that tobacco is a legal product. Smokers contribute £10 billion a year in tobacco taxation. Therefore, this current sort of official policy of denormalising smokers, I think, is completely wrong. I think smokers are, are treated very badly, actually, these days. Uh, I'm not suggesting that smoking is a a good idea or it's something we want to encourage, we, we don't. But there are still 10 million people in this country who smoke. Many people enjoy smoking. I accept a lot of people want to cut down or quit. But as long as tobacco remains a legal product, I do think smokers should have some rights. They shouldn't be allowed to smoke wherever they want. But this idea that you can't even have separate smoking rooms and pubs and clubs, for example, I mm. think is absolutely outrageous because you've got to be allowed to smoke somewhere if it's a legal product. Simon, go downstairs, have your buffet breakfast. Thank you very much for your time. Simon Clark from Forest.
For beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M11 southbound, there's been an accident involving a number of vehicles between Junction 9 for Saffron Walden and 8 for Bishop Stortford. That's causing some queues between that stretch. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to build up between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And it's also looking very busy on the North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. The North Circular Road is also beginning to build up queues between the East End Road Tunnel and the A1 at Henley's Corner. And elsewhere in Milton Keynes on the A421 Standing Way. That's all moving fine at the moment around the Kingston roundabout, but there are roadworks there, so expect some delays. Looking at the public transport departure boards, there's no major delays showing up there at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past six, I'm Lee Acknew. The headlines is demands that the founders of a failed girls' academy in Luton should pay back the grant they received. The government has withdrawn its support for the school, which was due to open in September. Four men have been jailed as part of a crackdown on gun crime in Luton. The gang tried to throw a sawn-off shotgun out of their flat window during a raid by armed police. The family of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down in Luton have raised £3,000 for a survey of the road where she died. Maya Shahzad was hit by a bus on Dunstable Road six months ago. And Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night, taking four awards at the Grammys. The weather will be cloudy today with mist and fog patches slow to clear. Top temperatures around 6 degrees Celsius. That's 43 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. There were wins for Watford and Wickham over the weekend, a draw for Luton, but defeat for Stevenage. And fresh from holding the League One leaders Bristol City to a goalless draw, MK Dons visit Bradford this evening. The Dons will check on the fitness of striker Dean Bowditch, who came off injured on Saturday. The rapid turnaround means a night on the road for Dons boss Carl Robinson and his squad. We're going to a restaurant now, all the players and the staff, and then we're going off to a hotel and we're, we're camping in a hotel. Not camping. <laughs> 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 I say we can't. We're putting, putting our tents up. No. <laughs> I would have thought the Delhi Monday would have got us a hotel, but no, no we're going to them. We're going to go. We're going to set up base at a hotel for because our training ground's being frozen. We shouldn't be able. We've not been seeing a grass all week either. And non-league Boreham Wood go to Farnborough in Conference South tonight. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton says there's no reason why he can't see out his Formula One career with Mercedes. The twice world champion has told the BBC he can't see himself going anywhere else. Absolutely, there's no reason why that couldn't be the case. But of course you can never say never, you can never really... You never know what's going to happen in the future. But I, I've been with Mercedes since I was 13, so at the moment I can't see myself anywhere else. And... Um, the great thing is you're part of a family with Mercedes-Benz and, um, you know, it really is one of the most iconic brands in the world, so I'm really proud to be a part of it. 
And finally, England's cricketers have held the West Indies to 122 at their World Cup warm-up match in Sydney. England are currently 33 without loss in reply. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at 7 o'clock. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. um, I'm going to come out and say it. Don't like Lewis Hamilton. There's no reason why I shouldn't stay at uh, Mercedes. Yeah, what you're saying is, can someone send me a telephone number with a pound sign at the front of it, please, and I'll come and drive for you? Listen, cut the lad some slack. He's come just on. been dumped from quite a high place. Yeah, but... I'm um, talking about Nicole Scherzinger. He has, uh, he has... How can I put this? He has knowledge of Nicole Scherzinger that um, the rest of us can only dream about. The very fact that he's climbed the peak of Mount Scherzinger <laughs> means he has got nothing... We, I've got no sympathy for that man. Ever. He's seen the hills and the valleys and the canyons and the caves of uh, the island of Scherzinger. So I've got no sympathy for but him. in return, she was... Sh- uh, yeah. No, in my luck, the best I could end up is is one of the Atomic Kitten girls as they are now. Have you seen that picture of them trying to look sexy and they look like mums on a, on a hen night? Three shades of satin. Flipping heck! It was uh, highly flammable and, uh, and not the hotness they wanted. I mean, the the outfits that they're wearing, I mean, they're kind of being modelled by Mylene Class in various publications today. Well, I don't know what, what paper it's in, but the three original, the, the original Atomic Kitten girls in including Kerry Katona, uh, have got back to, together to perform at GAY. GAY is a club in London where it turns out uh, rubbish old um, uh, acts with bingo wings go and sing because apparently gays love that. Thank God I'm straight. Oh, dear. They look awful, though. They've all dressed up in, in you know, the, the bondage is the new black, is the new Friday night, is the new going out, is the new staying in, is the new boxer. Does that mean that vanilla is the new filth? Yes. So, uh, everyone, I mean, the front page of The Sun, uh, phew, what a torture. Bondage, whips and custard pies. Three free erotic books. Oh, for goodness sakes. Yeah, I, I bet um, um, Lewis Hamilton doesn't need erotic books. Shirt singers up there. <laughs> Always up there, forevermore. Always up there. Yeah. Speaking of uh, girls in their pants, so um, it, it, it really is mining class, the backlash... The backlash, the backlash. No, I can't say that. The back, uh, Mylene Class backlash. Yes, is a film that I would pay top dollar to see. Uh, she obviously was in the papers last week because she was being rude about a mum who was. Uh, and it, they're both idiots. Yeah. The mum wanted £10 from all the other mums for a, so an iPad. So that they could get a decent present for their child rather than lots of little bits and bobs. Yeah. Well, Myling Class came out and said that was crazy. Then the mum was in the paper the, in the weekend saying, uh, yeah, that was five months ago, Myling, what are you banging on about? And now the headmistress of the, uh, the private school has come out and said, quote, as my granny would have said, if you can't tweet anything nice, don't tweet anything at all. So she's been told off by the headmistress. Mm. But she's a classy mum, Myling Class, and you can understand, you know, she wants the best for her kids and she wants, uh, you know, her daughter to do well and she doesn't want anything cheap and tacky and nasty. Until you go to page two and three of The Sun where she's in her pants that she's designed for Littlewoods. For Littlewoods. And they look like a fire hazard, don't they? Too. There's a lot of man-made fibre there. She looks like, I mean, this leopard skin print, she looks like, I'm going to say it, a cheap... She does, doesn't she? That looks absolutely... What Apart are her boobs doing I don't there? know, it doesn't look comfortable. And underneath the T-shirt, they're going to just look weird. 
the sexy red basque. It just looks, it looks hideous. The sexy black basque. They look, if she's designed these, these are the, and I like, um, well, I, I, uh, I, love I do love big bums, and I do think that... Women in underwear does look nice. Women in underwear does look nice. In this case, they does not look nice. And she's got every reason to look beautiful. She's a stunning woman, but she looks flipping awful. And why in every picture is she, it looks like she's holding her hair on? Sexy. That's why. This is a woman who can play the piano beautifully. She once told... Well, anyway, I'm going to... Uh, so that's that. This is a woman who is talented in other yep. ways. <laughs> but yet she's uh, still uh, flaunting those talents. And um, it really is... Uh, it's, it's, uh, come on, here we go. This, I never thought I'd be saying this. Come on, girls, put your clothes on. Put your clothes on. Les is more. Les is more. It's the boob thing again, isn't it? Boobs is not news. Boobs is not news. Now, we know that. We've had that told us to someone for, from an MEP. So boobs is not news. There. But yet they're doing the thing is more pictures. Reese Witherspoon. Now, I don't know what Reese Witherspoon does, but I think she's beautiful. She's an actress and a very good one. She's doing the boob thing. They're all doing it. Well, a lot of them are doing it. This is from the... Uh, I blame Baptist. Aniston for corrupting the minds of Witherspoon and Aura. I'm angry today. I'm really angry. I think when you can see um, not only uh, the cleavage, but also the parting, you've got to... It's this thing where they wear a jacket or a dress or a a waistcoat where... um, A waistcoat. A waistcoat where the boobs are on display. You can see underboob. Underboob, side boob, inner boob, every boob. But um, they're pulled apart. They are pulled, pulled apart. They are, they're pulled apart, aren't they? Generally. So you can see straight down the middle. You can see that, can't you? <laughs> yes. I'm describing it accurately. You are Jeff Banks. Thank you. you. Are. I am Jeff and Banks. they need to pack it in. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, the female body is a beautiful thing, but we don't need to see all of it at once. Uh, did you see Madonna's bottom? She flashed when? her bum. Wh- which time? Well, this time. She okay. flashed her bum last night. Oh, I mean, dear. I don't know what a new song sounds like. Maybe that's why. The only bit of Madonna's body I've not seen is um, up inside. That's the only I'll tell you what, the, the next thing is going to be x-rays. Yeah, yeah. Sex rays, more like. <laughs> it is. Should uh, we have a song or do you want to do something? We'll have a song and then I'll do something. OK.
Is Fontella Bass a woman or a pop group? I think it's a pop group. Okay. Oh no, is that her name? I don't. Well, this is. This is like. Hang on a second. Ask again. Is Fontella Bass a woman or a pop group? I thought it was a pop group, but now you've said that, I think it might be a woman. Okay. So it's one or the other, definitely. Definitely sure. one or the other. Or both. I always feel sorry for bands when it's. Um, oh, no, she's got ages to go. Yeah. Song called? I have no idea. I always feel sorry um, for bad. I always and I always have from a very very young age felt sorry for bands when it's such and such and the somethings. Mm-hmm. Like and I can't think of any example. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Yeah yeah yeah. Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. Yeah. I felt sorry for the Pirates. Who's, who's, who's Johnny Kidd? For a while it was John Lennon and the Silver Beatles. Oh. And I always feel I I can't um, um, Cliff Richard and the Shadows well. Uh, we'll talk about Cliff Richard later on. De- good friends with Justin Dealey. Yep. Um, Jerry and the Pacemakers. There you go. Freddie and the Dreamers. Yep. I felt sorry for the Dreamers and the Pacemakers. Mm-hmm. Not for Je- Je- Jerry. Why would Jerry be in charge? He started it in his garage, probably. Well, did he? I mean, I don't know. They're a terrible band, actually. That was always the rule, wasn't it? So there's a school, right? The oh, school yeah. where snow is banned. Oh. Why is it banned? Prime. Well, this is this is written in an outrageous way. I completely agree with the school. Go on. Primary banned pupils from going outside and closed blinds so they couldn't watch it fall. It sounds disgusting, and I can feel your uh, your eye rising. When snow began to fall gently around their primary school, pupils were naturally excited, but their joy quickly melted away when their teachers banned them from going near it or even looking at it through a window. The youngsters were kept inside after they were marshalled into the building at the start of the day, and a teacher even closed the blinds to stop a class of eight- and nine-year-olds from being distracted by watching it through the, sc- through the window. Mm. Because and, they're there to learn. And your point is... Right, OK, so it's a primary school, so they're going to be between the ages of six and ten. If they go out when it's been snowing, they could get muddy. The school says that the playground was icy. OK, well, that's, that's a sensible thing to do. Also, and if kids, are, if eight-year-olds are looking out the window at the snow falling, they're not learning. Close the blinds. Also, um, snow playing in the snow is fun for about ten minutes, isn't it, before the um, freezing wetness yep. of it all starts to really get Then they'll be cold clothes. for the rest of the day. The school, where a vicar caused uproar before Christmas by telling pupils that Santa Claus doesn't exist, uh, claimed it had acted because of health and safety concerns. Yeah. I'm completely on the school side. Mother of six, Shelley Betts. Huh? Hey. Hey. Shelley oh. Betts. By the way, if you've got... This is always open, and maybe I don't say this enough. If you've got a name that sounds like Kelly Betts, that sounds like Ian Lee, that sounds like Catherine Boyle, that sounds like Justin Dealey, 08459 555 you're a friend of the show. Mother of six, Shelley Betts. Nice. 43, whose daughter, Bethany... Bethany Betts. Betty a, Betts. Betty Betts. Age eight is a pupil at the school said, when they told me they shut the blinds, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> They're only little. And she's a very wise woman, Shelley Betts. Listen. Are you doing a voice? She would be. They're only little and they only stay children for a short time. <laughs> for too long. They stay children for too long. Didn't Might have been at it for years. <laughs> oh, listen to this, this thick woman. They could have turned the snow into a science lesson instead of banning them from seeing it. <laughs> By the time I came out of school, it was all gone. I don't want it to end up with my children only knowing about snow from Christmas cards. (laughs) (laughs) Julie, these women are thick. Julie Hollins, 30, 
who has an eight-year-old son at the academy, said, Stopping them from seeing it fall is like a slap in the face for little children. No, a slap in the face is like a slap in the face for little children. And even the Pope disagrees with that. No slapping of the face. These these are eight-year-olds. Eight it's not like they're doing A-levels. I just thought it's a bit pathetic. Other local schools were doing snowman building competitions. Jeez. This, well done, school. School done, good thing. I think I might have done a bad thing over the weekend. Oh, go on. I think I might have dobbed someone in when really I should have been on his side. Stay tuned and find out more. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Forty-five. It's Monday the 9th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The National Union of Teachers says the failure to open a girls' academy in Luton proves the government's free school scheme is a farce. Four men have been jailed as part of a crackdown on gun crime in Luton and singer Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night, taking four awards at the Grammys. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thankfully, it's a really quiet week of weather. We have some high pressure down to the south of Ireland at the moment, which makes things all very settled, but it does mean it's rather cloudy. We have got a lot of cloud around today, and it doesn't really shift very much for the next few days. So the temperature outside at the moment, protected by that cloud, so most of us above zero. There may be the odd rural location, which is snuck just below, but most of us frost-free this morning. A lot of cloud around, temperature steadily climbing today. May get one or two brighter spells, maybe a glimmer of sunshine but the maximum probably around eight or nine celsius by the end of the afternoon now we're hanging on to the cloud overnight tonight one or two clear spells if we get one or two of those we're likely to see the temperature drop a little further we could also see a bit of mist and fog form in those but predominantly most of us staying above zero again again there may be the odd place which has just a sparkle or two in a sheltered spot uh, rural location where we may just see temperatures drop down to around minus one so it's a similar start for tuesday really dry cloud Cloudy, mist and fog clearing, light winds, maybe a bright spell, but temperatures similar, 8 or 9 Celsius. The only real change we look forward to, if I can say that, comes later on on Thursday afternoon, where it does turn a little breezier than turning wet and windy by Friday. That's your forecast. Every weekday morning. Let me get on with your consumer problems. Should I expect it to last as a £350 TV or a £250 TV? Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Have you gone back to the retailer? I went and spoke to the company that you paid the money to. The JBS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. So I emailed again and reminded them of the statutory rights, which I've heard in your programme. If you need our help, email jbsshow at bbc.co.uk. They've backed down and... They have put in writing to me that I no longer have the money. And we could do the same for you. That's fantastic news. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Your team is fantastic because you look after the people. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Can we have, uh, Kelly, I can't, you'll know the name of this song, The Dixie Chicks. Is yeah. it I'm Not Ready to Back Down? 
I'm not ready to make nice. Make nice. Is it called make nice? I think so. Or I'm not ready to. Bracket. I'm not ready to. Brackets. Make nice. Just put the Dixie Chicks in and see which one sounds a bit like that. Dixie Chicks song. I'm that not sound- ready to make nice. Yeah. Yes, is that that? Is that there? Let's have that. Let's have a bit of that, shall we? I'm very... Jay! Hey! Good morning, boss! <laughs> we How missed you. We've missed you. Wagwan! <laughs> Dustin, don't reply, Wagwan. It doesn't make sense. You should know that now. Yes, yeah, Irie. <laughs> Maximum respect. Yes. Big up yourself, Justin. And to you, and to you. Well, you've, you've been on a little bit of a Caribbean... Um, holiday adventure. Mm, I have. I've been uh, searching for the reggae legend Carl Malcolm of Fatty Boom Boom fame. And so when is he no coming joy. on? The, when's he coming on the show? Uh, no joy. I went to the oh. wrong island. So oh, uh, you're going to send me off to Jamaica this week. I'm hoping you're going to say yes. No, she went of her own accord. Oh. Okay. You did get to meet one. Um, uh, you got to meet the English Elvis. Mm, I did. Yes. Yes. Uh, a certain Sir Cliff Richard. Sir Clifford of Richard, and you went and spoke to him. I did. I spoke to him briefly. Um, we kind of spoke about lobster for for a few seconds, and uh, then we spoke about music. I've got to say, Cliff Richard, for a man who's about what seventy-five, he's got to be seventy-five now. I thought he was eighty-nine. He looks amazing. Yeah. He he was having his lobster with his friends. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you are going to go incognito. It's probably best not to have your friends wearing T-shirts with the young one's lyrics on them. That's what he did. So he finished his lobster. He uh, had somebody to hold his bag. He took his baseball cap off. He took his shirt off. And he ran down the beach. And you think, oh, was he going for a run? Oh, no. He had his private boat there waiting for him. And off he went into the sunset. Did you get... Is there photographic evidence of this union? Uh, Not of me personally. But, uh, yes, my girlfriend who I was with, um, she had a photograph with Cliff. Hang on a minute, It's not about me, boss. Did, it's not about me. Did you get him to record any jingles for us? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Oh. I, I left him to it, to be fair. I thought, well, do you know what? We've got Peter Andre. Who needs Cliff Richard? Uh, but you had a good time. Did you, did you just... Yeah, fantastic time. Thank you very much. Yeah. OK, well, uh, thank God you're back, because we had uh, Matt Lockwood filling in for you. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was awful. He was sending me some videos, and he said, I'm, I'm really, really sorry, but the standards have dropped. I saw that video, and I said, oh, no, the standards have gone up. Uh, I've, got, I've got an idea for something we can send you out on. Yeah, go on. Do we do this one? Yeah, I don't see anyone's going to say, yeah, hold the hand right. that's doing this. There's a, there's a, there's the front page of The Sun. Mm. Should every woman... It's the Daily Mail. Uh, Daily Mail, sorry. Should every woman shave her face? <sighs> I wonder what he's going to say for a minute. Page 37 you go to. Yep. It sounds crazy, but beauty experts say it's the reason men age better and it works for women too. Mm. Angela Garvin's a lot... Lo- what are you standing next to? A time oh, machine or something? There's a guy coming down here. Guys, guys, the dog's back on the streets. Can we, can we keep the noise down? Thank you, boss. <laughs> the dog's back on the street. Cheers. Thank you. OK, carry on. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> You're such a plum. Angela Garvin's alarm goes off at 6.30am every day. Mm. As a legal advisor, she has to be up early and has a strict skin regime to get through. Mm. First, she cleanses her face. Then she dabs on some toner and reaches for a bottle of shaving gel. She applies it across her chin, top lip and a small area around her neck. Then, using a men's disposable razor, which proves she hasn't got a clue what she's doing because you never use one of those things, Mm. she carefully shaves her face, rinsing the fine, pale hairs down the basin as she goes. 
So you want to know, should all women shave their face? Yeah. Um, got a guy here. Excuse me, sir. You, you, you're live on the air, so don't swear. What's your name? Stuart. Stuart. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think that all women should shave their face first thing in the morning? Just a simple yes or no. You can't give a yes or no to that. No, Dep- no, it's a yes or no. Come on. It depends, depends how hairy they are. Well, it's just yes or no. Come on, what do you think? Well, yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Stuart. So Stuart says yes. Yeah. There you go. Straight away, somebody's saying yes. Uh, but Justin, mm. could you get a few more voices? <laughs> just, uh, that doesn't, I know that you, you've still got that kind of Caribbean laid-back yeah, vibe. That doesn't yeah. count as a, as a, as a yeah, vox I mean, no, I mean there's, there's two ways you can look at this. If you... Oh. Right there. Um, two ways you can look at this, yeah. I would say. Some ladies, unfortunately, do have a bit of hair on their face. Yeah, okay. so, so they need to shave their face, yeah. which is unfortunate. But... If it's going to, to age you better, why not? Justin, thank you very much. Good to have you back. Who did you um, stitch up then at the weekend? Um, a Dutch trucker. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> oh, thanks. He's been parked opposite my kid's school on the edge of the wreck. Yeah. For about, I mean, by Saturday, because he was still there on Saturday. Five days. That's not weird, is it? It's facing the playground. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. And I hadn't seen him for the first four days and uh, the curtains were closed. So apart from anything else, I thought, he's not died in there, has he? Yeah. So anyway, I ring the local council. Um, she asked me whether he's on a yellow line. I said, no, he's not. He's on the grass. He's on the, you know. Yeah. So, but there's a yellow line in front of him and he shouldn't be on the park. I said, and I'm a bit worried he might have, you know, died in there. Could be a dead lad. She went, well, we can't help with that. I went, I'm not exactly asking you to resurrect him. Just move him along. Because it's a bit weird, you shouldn't be part of there, should I? Yeah, yeah, we'll send someone down. So I had this message back, nothing happened. So then I tweeted it. Oh, then the council do something. Isn't it mad? Any any company or organisation, if you tweet, they get, they get a bit, oh yeah, they were doing something. Yeah. So then I got a message back saying, yeah, we're going to send someone down. We've spoken, and then within 10 minutes we've spoken to him. Broken English, but he appears to have broken down. He's not. He's cooking a fry up. Is uh, he cooking in there? He was cooking on the back what's of it, his What's cabin. he cooking on? Has he got a Dutch oven? He must. Yeah, I think he's got a Dutch oven. Flipping um, And that, that explains the closed curtains. And then, <laughs> and then they said they were going to send a recovery uh, vehicle down there for eight o'clock that night. He was still there the next day, but, and I was outraged because it became me and me versus him versus yeah. them. But then afterwards, I thought, I've just done something really tight, haven't I? He no. probably gets expenses to stay somewhere and he's trying to save some no money. No good! They should arrest him! He's, par- he's parked it opposite a school for kiddies. Well, schools are normally for kiddies, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They should arrest the fella. I don't... I t- oh, eight, four, five, nine, Where's four, he doing five. his business? That's what I wondered. Yeah, exactly. Those Dutch are weird.
for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's been an accident at Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. That's causing queues from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road already. Thank you to Webby calling up to report that the emergency services are there already on the scene. On the M11 southbound, there's been an accident between Junction 9 for Southern Walden and 8 for Bishop Stortford. So there's a lane closed that's starting to cause queues. And in Brookman's Park on the Great North Road, there's been an accident at Mims Drive. And that's not looking too bad on the speed sensors, but emergency services are over there on the scene. On the A1 southbound, that's looking quite slow from the Holiday Inn down to the Stirling Corner and an Amersham on the A413 that's very busy southbound between Mop End Lane and the A404 on the trains no major problems to report at the moment but on the underground the Metropolitan Line is suspended between Baker Street and Oldgate because of a signalling problem at Euston Square Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, demands of money for the failed Luton Girls Academy is paid back. Four Luton men jailed in gun crime crackdown and success for Sam Smith at the Grammys. BBC Three Counties Radio. As demands of the founders of a failed Girls Academy in Luton should pay the grants they received. The government has withdrawn its support for the school, which was due to open in September. Bodrell Armin from the National Union of Teachers in Luton says it proves the free school system is a this is just an example of how public money can be uh, wasted on, on on schools, you know, being built or in this case uh, not being built um, in places where there's demands for primary school places. Four men have been jailed as a part of a crackdown on gun crime in Luton. They were caught with a sawn-off shotgun after a police stakeout. Jane Kiddick reports. The court heard that in June last year, 19-year-old Dylan Beckford and 25-year-old Dion Ellis bought an angle grinder to cut down the stolen shotgun. When armed police raided a bedsit in Russell Rise, they threw the gun and its barrel out of the window. 23-year-old Alex Myers and 44-year-old Victor Martin were also convicted and were all sentenced to between six and a half and seven years in prison. The family of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down in Luton have raised £3,000 for a survey of the road where she died. Maya Shahzad was hit by a bus on Dunstable Road six months ago. The police say it was an accident, but Maya's mother, Shahzia, disagrees. There's no safe crossings in Bury Park. If you go from the, you know, walk from the, right from the plaza to the top, there is no safe crossing. How would, you know, how, uh, people that are going out, where are they supposed to cross from? Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night at the Grammys. The singer, who grew up on the Hertfordshire border and went to school in Bishop Stortford, won four awards, including Best New Artist and Record of the Year. Our correspondent in Los Angeles, Peter Bowes, says it's unusual for someone so new to the music world to do so well. An extraordinary achievement for Sam Smith. He's only 22 years. He's only really been on the music scene, at least as far as most people are aware, especially here in the United States, for a couple of years. And to win record of the year in his first big year at the Grammys, the same year that he wins Best New Artist, is a very rare achievement. 
Meanwhile, at the BAFTAs, Boyhood was named Best Film. Eddie Redman, Redmayne was named Best Actor for his portrayal of St Albans-born physicist Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything. But the imitation game about the Bletchley Park co-breaker Alan Turing failed to win any of its nine nominations. In sports, there were wins for Watford and Wickham over the weekend, a draw for Luton but defeat for Stevenage, and fresh from holding the League One leaders Bristol City to a goalless draw, MK Dons visit Bradford this evening. The weather will be generally cloudy today with mist and fog patches slow to clear. Top temperatures around 6 degrees Celsius, that's 43 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Thank you, Lee. On the show this morning, free schools, not free treatment... And three little words. The J-Dog's back. 08459 455. You know the rest. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three County Can, um... Can, um... Kanye West... Yes. Took a very hard test. <laughs> uh, and he failed in the month of May. No, I, I, I finished that at your leisure. Uh, can I, I want to celebrate today. And this isn't a particularly Monday morning breakfasty thing to do. Uh-oh. We're supposed to be up, 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 up. But I want to celebrate the magic of the bleak film. Yes. Let's celebrate the magic of the bleak film. I watched Tyrannosaur yesterday because I worked out I can get Amazon Prime on my computer. Mm-hmm. So I was just in bed. Get this right. I was in bed. Right, in a hotel. I had Domino's delivered. I had to go downstairs and collect it. I'm in bed, in a hotel, eating Domino's, watching movies. I always wonder whether you could do that. Yeah, you can do that. Wow. Well, get pizza delivered? Yeah. Yeah, you have to go downstairs and collect it outside. So what, they have to ring you or the reception Fe- No, the fella rang me, said, I'm, I'm, I'm in car outside. I went, I'll be, I'll, I'll be down soon. Went wow. down, got dressed, went down. Collected the pizza, didn't even have socks on, went back upstairs, kicked off my clothes, in the bed, wallop. Living the dream. Have some of that. But the film I watched... Did you have dip? Did you dip your I only had, I had one dip, yeah, and I always get potato wedges. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but the film I watched, Tyrannosaur, di- written and directed by um, Paddy Considine. Considine. Considine, right. It's got um, some old fella in it. It's got some other fella in it, and it's got that woman in it. Olivia Coleman. That's it. Before she was the nation's favourite, right? I knew it was going to be dark. I didn't know it was going to be bleak. Mm-hmm. It was bleak. There was there was no light in that movie at all. But Paddy, it was brilliant. Paddy Considine tends to be in those films, doesn't he? <laughs> Have you seen Dead Man's Shoes? No. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to track that down next. Harry Brown as well. Have you seen that? No. With uh, your Michael Caine. You might, is he in that? Yeah, and he's as an old fella who lives yeah. in this um, tower block, oh, yeah. which is being run by a load of scumbags. Oh, it's the British Grand Torino. Y- Yes, yeah, and he's British... had enough and he goes and he takes... I mean, wow. He's got nothing to lose. Can we celebrate... Oh, I'm going to have some of that today. Can we celebrate the magic of the bleak movie, please? Yeah. 08459 455555. I mean, they don't get much bleaker than Kez. I've not seen Kez for a long time. I've never seen Kez. I, saw, I think I saw it at school. That's pretty bleak. There's a great film starring... Two of the most, and I need to get this again, actually, starring James Taylor and Dennis Wilson, the Beach Boys drummer, called Two Lane Blacktop, and it's about two drug addicts driving across America. And this is, this is the level of the acting. That was a stretch for them, wasn't it? <laughs> this is the level of the acting. Yeah, yeah, you want to get a burger? Yeah, let's get a burger. 
And that's it. They just mumble. It's bleak. I love a bleak movie. The Road. Have you seen The Road? No. Post-apocalyptic nightmare. Right. If only you liked period stuff. No, mate. Jude the Obscure. Aye. I mean, that. Aye. Thomas Hardy, just. Aye. People were hostages to their fortune. They had no way of winning. You know, there was no way no. out for those people. I like um, um, modern bleak. I, I go back as far as I mean, 70s bleak. No, turn of the century bleak is bleaker. Billy, actually, I watched Billy Lyre the other day. That's bleak. bleak. That is bleak, bleak. isn't yeah, it? Bleak. Really bleak. Really oh, here we go. This is going to be miserable. Oh, wait, four... Miserable Monday. <laughs> miserable Monday. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Let's celebrate the magic. Sometimes there's nothing better than watching a film set on a moor, is there, really? Is You know, just on a Sunday afternoon when you're feeling a bit sorry for yourself, bleak oh, is the word. Wuthering Heights. Again, not the periods. I love it. No. I love it. 08459 555 Oh, remind me to talk about Bletchley Park as well later on. OK. I went to Bletchley Park. I'm always there. I know you are. I know she's one of the attractions. Uh, now, uh, at the end of Friday's show, we fi- uh, finally found out how much you, me, and everybody else who uh, pays tax has paid the people behind the Luton School that never was. The Luton Girls Academy was given £180,000, and we've been after them to talk about the project, and, well, they're not interested. What does it say on their website about the uh, the problem, Well, um, Catherine? it depends which browser you're using. I looked on their website upstairs, and it was a white page with breaking news at the top. Just breaking news. And that was it, no story. And now there's breaking news at the bottom. The last breaking news was in October. So they've still not told parents or anybody else who goes to their website what's going on. It's only us that know, and you. So uh, there you go. Uh, We can speak now to Mark Lehane, who's head teacher of Bedford Free School. Morning, Mark. Good morning. What's your reaction to this? Because we've already had, you know, some people on the show saying that uh, this just proves, this proves that free schools don't work. Oh, I don't know that it necessarily proves anything, to be honest. I mean, what we've got to remember is that um, whenever you try something different or new, not everything's always going to succeed. In fact, in most walks of life, you're never going to have 100% success rate at everything. And, I mean, you don't know and I don't know the details as to why they've had this project postponed or pulled. But what I do know is having been on the inside of the whole process all the way back to 2010 when it started, it's increasingly got a lot more rigorous along the way. And you could also see this as a sign that, you know, they're trying to hold really high standards to make everything does work once the school's actually open and I've got students in them. Your school was, um, it was touch and go, to say the least, wasn't it? Right up to the wire. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, one of the things we did was we'd hoped to open in 2011 originally, but when we got to the January of that year, we realised, you know what, there's too much uncertainty for parents, let alone us. So we pushed back the opening to 2012, and you're absolutely right, you know, it was, it was, even that was to the wire then, so it was absolutely the right thing to do, because it meant that when we did get opened, we were just about ready, and hence, here we are two and a half years later, we're oversubscribed in nearly every year group, we've only got places left in year seven, um, and it feels like everything's going really well so I think that postponement was a a really good move. The difference with you and this other school was Mark uh, all the way along the line you were approachable you were trying to keep people abreast of what was going on even when there wasn't an awful lot going on it's been very very quiet in the run-up to this school I mean it it took us 
what was it, a couple of weeks ago we found out where the school would be. It's taken a long time. It's, it seemed very, very quiet indeed. I suppose, I suppose there's two things I'd say to that. One is that every project needs to do their own thing, and I know that the way that... I know that the stuff that we experienced, which at times was a bit rough and tumble, may have influenced how other schools since then have approached things in terms of communicating with people. Because it's a... You know, if you're opening a school and you're not a professional politician or a journalist, the press can be quite scary. But I guess the other thing is they've probably been working really hard behind the scenes trying to put things right or make this really hard decision. And, and I suppose... What I would say is, is there's no doubt that if you go and spend money on a project and then that school doesn't open, it absolutely looks like it is a waste of money in terms of that project there. However, you've got to look at it, you know, the bigger picture. Free schools, generally speaking, open schools, something like 60% more cheaply than schools before 2010. So although this particular project might not have worked out, across the country you've got hundreds of other schools opening far more quickly and far more cheaply than before. I guess the thing about this school is, Mark, is that 180 grand has has been given to them in in grants from the Department for Education and there is literally nothing to show for it. So there will be some people, I'm not saying this is necessarily fair, but there will be some people thinking, oh, right, yeah, well, it's all a little bit of a con. What, and I'm not suggesting that is necessarily the case, but as they won't talk, people make up their own minds. What kind of scrutiny uh, were you under, Mark, uh, as, uh, you know, when cheques were coming in from the government, what did you have to do to prove that you were using that money effectively? you, You have to account for it almost line by line. So you will have regular meetings with the Department for Education. Um, when we were involved, we almost had to bid for the money up front and explain what we'd spend the money on. And then when we'd spent it, we had to show them what we'd spent it on. They will have been, um, under the current process, they would have been having regular meetings with the Department for Education and their funding people about what they're up to, what they were spending the money on. And I would imagine that once the um, financial year is over, they'll publish their accounts mm. and they'll be available for all so, to see. So it's not a case of you go up and say, yeah, we're going to need 200 grand. They write you a cheque and, and, and that's it. You, you know, you go no. off and buy a flash car. Uh, no, no. In fact, I, I sold my little um, micro um, oh, nine blimey. months ago, so I'm down to the bike now anyway. You, you're so, tough times, tough yeah, times. Yeah, actually, I'm saving it in a Swiss bank account. No, I, should, <laughs> I shouldn't joke about that. But no, I think, I think it's just an example of it. It, it. Genuinely, it's a really rigorous process. And before a school can even open, they have to jump through, as is right, um, loads of hurdles. You have a pre-opening Ofsted inspection, you have a readiness to open meeting, there are people crawling all over your plans and your policies, and I don't think anybody would want it to be any, anything different. And eventually it will come out as to why this, this particular project hasn't proceeded, but like I say, you need to look at the bigger picture. There are hundreds of brand new schools out there now, the majority of which are doing really well, um, and, and not everyone is going to be like that. Mark, we had, uh, finally, we had a fellow on from the NUT Uh, And we've had other critics saying, well, you know, free schools, they don't work. The council should be uh, allowed to open their own schools up and we need to stop this free school stuff. I've got no idea. I I genuinely don't know whether they're good or bad. Tell Tell me why you think free schools are so good. Well, I suppose for me the biggest difference about free schools nowadays is that they are schools that open only because there's a significant number of parents that want them. And they are about parental choice and they're about diversity within the system. You know, no one-size-fits-all system works for children. And I always say to people, there's no such thing as a good or a bad school. It's, is that school going to work for your child? And free schools are just another way of adding diversity to the picture. And if you were to go around to the majority of free schools that are now open, um, the longest ones have been open three and a bit years. We in Bedford have been open two and a bit years. I think you'll find the majority of kids in there doing really well academically and really happy and the majority of their parents happy as well. And that's what they're about.
Mark, good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Mark Lane, head teacher of Bedford Free School. It's one of those things I, I don't know enough about to... Uh, you know, normally I know what, what my mind is. I don't know what my mind is on this. It's reassuring to know that it isn't just a case of here's the money, off you go and yep. spend it as you want. As he said there, you have to account for every single bit. And um, fair play, you know, whatever the school is, if you've got a head teacher who's as passionate about it as Mark, then you're, yeah. you're probably on good ground, aren't you? If the people behind Luton uh, Girls Academy are listening, they're more than welcome to phone in. We'd really like to hear from them. 08459 Scott uh, has tweeted, Dead, man, "Dead man's shoes is the best. Boyle's brilliant." He also says, "Scum is bleak," and Neil by mouth is bleak. I don't think I've seen Neil by mouth. Scum is bleak. Who's the daddy? Who's the daddy? Who's in that? Um, Ray Winston, isn't it? Oh. But I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen Neil by mouth. What else is bleak? I bet you you probably like um, like musicals and songs about uh, films about Hannah Montana and stuff, don't you, Kelly? No. What One Direction in three D? One D in three D? No. Um, the Matrix trilogy? I've never seen any Matrix. <laughs> They're rubbish. Oh, I went to see The Matrix with uh, my friend, not my friend anymore, uh, who sat next to me all the way through it going, so is this real now, this bit? <laughs> What's he doing there? I like the lady because she's in the catsuit, but the rest of it is... I think I saw The Matrix 2 on a junket, then I had to go and interview the twins that were in it. Boy, that oh. was dull. I like the first one. It was an interesting idea. Yeah. I like the fact that they'd had a go. They'd had a go. Uh, bleak films, please. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's been an accident. It's at Junction 8 for Hemel Hempstead, not at Junction 10 for Luton Airport Square Road. It's causing queues, though, from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road, although all the lanes have been reopened. It's on the hard shoulder. It's still looking very slow past that stretch. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's very heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. And the M11 southbound has a lane closed because of an accident between Junction 9 for Suffern Walden and 8 for Bishop Stortford. That's causing queues now from Junction 10 for Duxford. In Brooklands Park on Great North Road, there's been an accident at Mims Drive and then Amersham is looking very slow on the A413 around Mop End Lane and the A404. On the trains no major problems showing up on the departure boards but on the underground Metropolitan Line is suspended between Baker Street and Allgate because of a signalling problem at Euston Square. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Samantha, Radio. Samantha, thank you. The show is writing itself today. Bleak films and coming up, when has technology bitten you in the bum? I've just seen what you've retweeted, Catherine. We'll have some of that. <laughs> At 3CR Kate, follow her. She's just retweeted that I think the Terminator prophecy is coming true. <laughs> 7.16. It's Monday, the 9th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The National Union of Teachers says the failure to open a girls' academy in Luton proves the government's free school scheme is a farce. Four men have been jailed as part of a crackdown on gun crime in Luton and Sam Smith won four awards overnight at the Grammys in Los Angeles. The weather today... Uh, Three Counties Radio. Coming up, he's back. Giza. Three Counties Sport. We've got two nights of live football to bring you this week. Tonight, MK Dons make the trip up north to face Bradford. It's 3-0 and Devontae Cole has his second for the afternoon. It's another key game for MK Dons as they try and get that automatic promotion spot. Then on Tuesday, the rest of our teams are all in league action. That's the 
breaks his goal-scoring drought. It's straight on your dinner to put in the rebound. Completely unmarked. Live commentary on your local team. Three Counties Sports Special tonight and tomorrow night from 7 o'clock here on BBC Three Counties Radio. So, so far, we've got bleak films... Uh, should women shave? And has technology ever bitten you on the bum, Catherine? Your tweet is wonderful. Or Bless you for that. Hair. Or eating your hair. It's the greatest picture I think I've ever <laughs> seen. Describe the scene in uh, South Korea. South Korean woman. She's having a sleep on the floor. That's fair enough. I think that's what they do. Have, have, do they know the bed has been invented yet? I think that they prefer a futon. Here's the thing: when you stay in a Japanese, like if you say, the more expensive the Japanese hotel, the less chance of you getting a bed. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that's nuts. They're comfy though, aren't they? Well, uh, well um, um, yeah. I prefer, I prefer beds. Yeah, I know, but that's all. Anyway, this woman's had a sleep, not realizing that she's got a vacuum uh, robot vacuum cleaner on and, the go. And I love, I love gadgets. I love technology. I've eyed up these robot I vacuums. I quite fancied one yeah, myself until I saw this. Well, it's um, tried to vacuum her head, and it's eaten her hair. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got t- uh, two coppers, one of them wearing some sort of uh, well, disease mask. No, there's three there. Look, there's a third oh, one peering in, opening a, a, a case. It's like a like SWAT a, team. Is he a scenes of crime officer? <laughs> is he going to draw a chalk mark around there? Um, he's... <laughs> They're all trying to get her free from this vacuum cleaner, and everyone knows what it's like trying to get hair out of a vacuum cleaner. Flipping, there's eh? only one way that's going to go. Get, get the scissors out, guys. The woman whose name is being withheld to protect her dignity was She's taking... going to be the one with the bald spot. <laughs> ..was taking a nap on the floor at home when the vacuum cleaner locked onto her hair and sucked it up, apparently mistaking it for dust. <laughs> the agony of having her hair entangled in the bowels of the contraption <laughs> roused the woman from her slumber. Well, it would do, wouldn't it? Unable to, this is brilliant. Unable to free herself, she called the fire department with a desperate rescue plea and was separated from the robot's clutches. This is really written in a dystopian, futuristic way. Um, according to the South Korean newspaper, the Kyungyang Shinmun, she escaped serious injury... Oh, who's written this? This this is Someone's a, having a giraffe. This is a wonderfully written piece. Well done. She escaped serious injury, although it is not known whether she has retained the autonomous cleaner's services. Oh, retained the autonomous cleaner's services. That's the name of my next album. But, you know, her, her fault, really. The machine's just doing what it's programmed to do. Just doing its job. That is fan flipping tasket. The the tides are turning. This is. I'm sure this is how Terminator started. Yeah, the machines rebel, don't they? It is the machines rebel, and they start off. It's like when you start off playing a game of chess. You move the pawns out just to test the water. You get the the little guys, the sleeping woman. You get the you get the you get the the little the robot hoovers. You just send the robot hoovers out just to test the waters, and then you get the rooks, the bishops, and uh, indeed you might even get the knights coming out on their robot horses. Deals terrifying, huh? Terrifying stuff. And uh, boss, before you join Three Counties Radio, we had a very exciting day on the station. It was a NHS day. Oh, so I went to a hospital. Why don't we do that more often? I think we should. It was a great idea. Very unique. A complete one-off. I went to a variety of hospitals and I spoke about embarrassing injuries. Um, vacuum cleaners were up there. That's the problem. <laughs> Let's just say that... Uh, uh, how can I put this? Um, I think it was Stoke Mandeville where I spoke to somebody. Uh, a man came in and um, he had accidentally trapped himself in a vacuum cleaner. So it was uh, uh, what do you mean Henry, he uh, Henry on Henry, if you uh, oh. gather my words, yeah? Have a, as an, um... 
Um, hasn't Gail got a, one of these? Gail, who works here, got one of these robot vacuum cleaners. She bought it in once in uh, mm. back in the day when we uh, didn't have anything else to talk about. I think Gareth <laughs> has got a, a robot lawnmower. <laughs> say a robot lover there. <laughs> he probably has. Yeah. He loves his gadgets, doesn't he? He does, he does. He yeah. loves his gadgets. Justin, yeah. uh, Scott has uh, tweeted in. Hmm. Uh, by the way, Scott, we're going to get... Scott is a regular contributor to the show. I reckon we get him on the payroll. I, I want him Great sat guy. in the studio writing lines for me. If you hear me say something funny, I've probably got it from Scott. Uh, Sorry? Or me. Mm. Yeah, fair enough, thanks. Uh, you met, you met, for those who don't know, you've been to the, the Caribbean. Yeah. And you met Sir Clifford of Richards. I did, yes. We, we shared a lobster together. <laughs> Hang on, this story's getting more and more elaborate. <laughs> well, Scott has tweeted, uh, did Dealey ask Cliff about the shadows and working with the shadows? No, I didn't. I, I saw his shadow uh, going down the beach. Cool, and like again, yep, to, to yep. kind of stress this, uh, Cliff yep. Richard sells more calendars than anybody else in the UK. Yep, yep. That is fact, not fiction. I saw his shadow going down the beach. He got onto his boat. And, man, he looks good for his age. Yeah, 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 one of those. It's one of those people. Cliff Richard is one of those people that isn't real. It's like Robert De Niro isn't a real person. No, you no, never no, he's think, real. no he's you, real. I don't want to see them in real life. Well, you never think it. you're going to. It's like the, the one and only time I saw the Queen. It's like these people are, are, are um, they are hyper real. They are, mm. as Catherine would say, extraordinary. Mm. He's real. And stringy, I can, we saw him, didn't we? we saw, well, stringy, not quite <laughs> out there. We saw real stringy. I would take stringy <laughs> on the beach in a song any day over Sir Cliff. <laughs> we were in a restaurant in London, right? Me and Kath, we're having a fancy day out. And um, <laughs> Cass was, was sat looking out the window and she, she looked over my shoulder and her, her eyes were as wide as round saucers. And she went, look, look, it's actually... First of all, she said, oh, it's, it's a fake stringy. <laughs> oh, no, it's actual stringy! <laughs> she couldn't believe it! And uh, do you know what? Actual stringy came into the restaurant with his beautiful 19-year-old um, wife, their yeah. young baby. Yeah. He got turned away from the restaurant that we had a table in. What? We got, he got turned away. Me and Boyley were there, lording it up as actual stringy got booted out. You see, that says to me everything that is wrong about this country. Sorry? A legend such as Peter Stringfellow <laughs> walks into any restaurant. I'm sorry, but but kick the, the people out like you. Kick no. them out. Get stringy in there. Listen, me and Catherine Boyle, we are legends in our own lunchtime. Well, he's quite literally a legend in his own underpants. <laughs> Actual stringing. Kelly, yeah. could you uh, clip that live? So the thing is, as well, we were surrounded by quite cool people, weren't we? Picking away at yeah, salad yeah. Everyone was trying to see actual stringing once I called it. Everyone. Oh, Justin, it's good to have you back, mate. Good to be back. Um, on the streets we'll, and not the beach. We'll talk later on about women uh, having a shave. But yeah. this idea, it pops up every, uh, well, every three months. I think it's more regular than that. Mm. People who deliberately make unhealthy choices should pay for some of their NHS treatment. Uh, that's according to uh, Buckinghamshire, a Buckinghamshire-born Conservative MP. Boy, aren't we struggling to find local connections, he told a Sunday <laughs> newspaper. Uh, we'll speak to Dr Philip Lee, no relation, later on to find out. But, Justin, you've taken mm. this to the streets, haven't you? I'm going to shock you right now. Yes, I'm going to shock you. Um, I couldn't find one obese person walking the streets this morning. Um, I, I, OK. Yes. Well, uh, OK, well, uh, OK. 
So we haven't spoken to them. I'm sorry, I nearly told Justin about the game we were playing the other day, Catherine, and I thought better of it. No one can know about that game. No, no one can know about that game. Tell me later. I will do, boss, yes. yes. Um, So I've been talking to smokers, (laughs) and I've been asking them... (laughs) 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 I'm so sorry. It's all right, it's all right. Uh, I've been talking to smokers. Um, Obviously, (laughs) if they need an operation, it's going to be self-inflicted because of their habit. I've been asking them, how would they feel if they had to pay for that? Would it be justified? Here's what the smokers had to say this morning. Stuart, you're a smoker. How many do you smoke per day? I don't know, maybe about 20. Sure. Maybe. I don't count them. Could even be more then. Well, I don't count them. It's yeah. not It's not like a cigarette packet. It's roll-ups, so I don't yeah. count them. I couldn't really tell you. Okay. How do you feel if you were told there's something wrong with you and you need treatment, but it's self-inflicted because you're a smoker yeah. and you've got to pay for it? Yeah. How would that make you feel? Well, I've already paid for it. I pay my taxes and I pay my national insurance. Mm-hmm. So you could say the same about fat people and all the rest of it and all these people that get medical things done because whatever plastic surgery and it's just the same isn't it you know it's not illegal same as alcohol we can't pay for everything can we if the NHS well, is losing money people like you it's self-inflicted if you want to start getting into rants about paying for everything there's a lot more important things need to be dealt with before that if they make it illegal then fair enough at the moment it's not illegal they're making billions of pounds a year in tax off cigarettes and they're making billions of pounds a year off with tax and with national insurance so until they ban it that's it I'd say it's, it's appropriate that people get treated you know, there's people that get treated there, they sit there, they don't work, they eat all day, they drink all day, and the cost is a fortune and benefits and a fortune. So why should somebody that work suffer? OK. Just you lastly, so are, are you saying that... that day, it's an addiction. Okay. You know, it's... You just said there about overweight people. So are you saying overweight people don't deserve to be treated? No, I'm saying... That's I'm saying if you're, if, if you're starting to say that smokers should be treated differently, mm-hmm. well, that's the same for everybody that's self-inflicted. So overweight people do deserve treatment yeah, as well? And the same as somebody that's maybe out on a motorbike speeding. If they crash, that's self-inflicted. You know, so if you, if you go down that route, yeah. it's going to be nobody getting treated. No, it wouldn't be justified. No, I pay my national insurance. I pay for um, for the NHS. You know, I pay towards the NHS. So I don't think it's justified at all. Well, if they said to you, you must give up smoking. If you don't, you won't have the operation. Would you then quit? No. <laughs> Seriously, no. you wouldn't? No. So you just die then? Yeah, I just die. Disgusted. I mean, really? People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. And if you need the operation badly enough, then it should be done for free. You shouldn't need to have a pass on operation that can easily be done for free operation. Flip <laughs> back. I meant from the audio, not, not as a reward. The people in this country deserve to get stuff for free. Yes. That is the problem with this country, is the people... Seriously, Catherine, don't pull him off, but get the audio. because that... No, no, no. Yes. No, that is the problem but with this country, the sense free. of... Inti- no, but that's what he's saying. People in this country deserve to get stuff for free. But it's not no, technically free. No, you don't. It's not technically free, though, because, OK, to make a comparison for you, if we're talking about smoking here, which we are, and this idea that it's self-inflicted... <laughs> OK, in the Caribbean, where I've been recently, OK, cigarettes over there cost about, what, £4 a pack. Here, they cost about £10 a pack. Right, so, clearly, right, right. a lot of people in this country yeah. are putting a lot of money into the system if they decide yeah. to smoke. So, why should those people... No, if something goes wrong with them, why should those people have to pay for it? They shouldn't, surely. Justin, I don't know why you're getting angry with me. I think I probably agree with you on no, this no, one. I'm not getting angry. You're I'm getting, getting angry. angry. No, Calm, no, down, no. Calm down, fella. Calm down. Do you know what? I think I'm... I th- 
think mm. I probably agree. It does break my heart when you drive past... No, not break my heart. It does make me laugh when you drive past hospitals and you see people in wheelchairs on drips puffing mm. away on a fag. And you kind yeah. of think, ah, well... Yeah. Or pregnant mums puffing away on a fag. You think, well... Mm. No, the thing I'm laughing at is, is that fella <laughs> uh, saying... He's quite literally a legend in his own underpants. No, sorry, no, 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 no not, not saying that. That fella saying this... People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. <laughs> they I don't. tell you what, that would be a great country to live in. <laughs> oh, 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 God. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. There you go. You want to know if, if, if Britain is indeed broken, which I'm not sure it is, but if you were to ever think it was broken, it's because of this man. People in this country deserve to... Have stuff for free. Oh, He's actually a legend in his own underpants. Sorry. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's been an accident at Junction 8 for Hemel Hempstead. All the lanes are open now, but it's still causing queues from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. On the M11 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 9 for Stafford Walden and 8 for Bishop Storford. That's causing delays from Junction 10 for Duxford because of a multi-vehicle accident. And looking at the A1M southbound, that's very slow from Junction 8 for Hitchin to 7 for Stevenage. The M40 towards London is also looking very heavy between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and the M25. And in Brookman's Park, Great North Road is closed because of an accident at Mim. Drive. On the trains, there are reports of any major delays, but on the underground, the Metropolitan Line is suspended between Baker Street and Oldgate because of a signalling problem. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, there's demands that the founders of a failed girls' academy in Luton should pay back the grants they received. The government has withdrawn its support for the school, which was due to open in September. Four men have been jailed as part of a crackdown on gun crime in Luton. The gang tried to throw a sawn-off shotgun out of their flat window during a raid by armed police. The family of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down in Luton have raised £3,000 for a survey of the road where she died. Maya Shahzad was hit by a bus on Dunstable Road six months ago. And Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night, taking four awards at the Grammys. The weather will be cloudy with mist and fog patches slow to clear throughout today. Top temperatures around 6 degrees Celsius. That's 43 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. There were wins for Watford and Wickham over the weekend, a draw for Luton but defeat for Stevenage and fresh from holding the League One leaders Bristol City to a goalless draw, MK Dons visit Bradford this evening. The Dons will check on the fitness of striker Dean Bowditch who came off injured on Saturday. And the rapid turnaround means a night on the road for Dons boss Carl Robinson and his squad. We're going to a restaurant now, all the players and the staff and then we're going off to a hotel and we're, we're camping in a hotel. Well, not camping. <laughs> 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 I say it'll be cold. We're, 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 
one hour ten up now. <laughs> I would have thought the deli Monday would have got us a hotel, but no, that's no we're going to them. We're going to go. We're going to set up base at a hotel for because our training grounds being frozen. We shouldn't be able. We've not been seeing grass all week either. And non-league Boreham Wood go to Farnborough in Conference South tonight. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton says there's no reason why he can't see out his Formula One career with Mercedes. The twice world champion has told the BBC he can't see himself going anywhere else. Absolutely, there's no reason why that couldn't be the case. But of course you can never say never, you can never really... You never know what's going to happen in the future. But I, I've been with Mercedes since I was 13, so at the moment I can't see myself anywhere else. And... Um, the great thing is you're part of a family with Mercedes-Benz and um, you know, it really is one of the most iconic brands in the world so I'm really proud to be a part of it. And finally, England's cricketers have won their World Cup warm-up match against the West Indies in Australia. England won by five runs, having bowled out the West Indies for 122. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 8 o'clock. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. And we can go now live to the Houses of Parliament where the uh, the new Prime Minister of uh, Britain is uh, addressing the people there. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll
Now, listen, uh, there is an election coming up and we have to tread very, very carefully. And here at the BBC, of course, we have to be impartial. But I'm suggesting you all go out and vote for this guy as Prime Minister. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. Yep, that's it, that's it, guys. I'm not allowed to, to influence your voting in any way, but vote for that guy. That uh, guy. <laughs> it's blown my mind. <laughs> that's how stupid some people are. Um, what do we just remind us what we're talking about? We've thrown loads of things out. No one's bitten yet. Robo Rebellion. Uh, when has uh, technology uh, bitten you on the bum? Why are we talking about this? Uh, because there's a woman in South Korea. She's remained nameless to save her the shame. Who um, was, her head was virtually eaten by a um, robot vacuum. Cleaner. Okay, so we can do. When, have, when has uh, technology ever fought back and when have you ever been eaten by a Hoover? Careful. <laughs> exactly. That's always my advice with the Hoovers be very, very careful. Oh eight four five nine four double five. No, because you do that thing when you're showing off to the kids, and you like you put you know you hoover daddy's jacket or something or mm. daddy's hair and. There's a bloke on uh, online who can't, you can't, doing you can't, his daughter's hair with a hoover. Have you seen no. that? No, it's brilliant. Well, you've got to be careful because it's some. It's very difficult to pull Henry off. And you know, with the cyclonic power, you don't want to harness. I mean, no. that's harnessed, but, yeah. but barely. I yeah. mean, it's a wild beast. It's an untamed um, uh, uh, one of them horses that's untamed. One of them mustangs. Wild, wild pony. And you don't want to mess around with that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We're also doing bleak films. I, yeah. I watched Tyrannosaur yesterday. Oh my God, it's bleak. It's brilliant, but it's bleak. and there's some. Sometimes you need a bit of kez. You know, you need not a lot happening, a bit of mumbling and, um, you know, beautiful scenery and Sat derelict buildings. Saturday night, Sunday morning. I'm not seeing that. No, I'm not seeing that. That's bleak. Isn't it? A lot of those um, uh, late 50s, early 60s films are bleak because it was a bleak place. I was watching one with Albert Finney and uh, Audrey Hepburn, Two for the Road. Have you seen that? No. It's her not being quite so, oh, terribly, terribly. Yeah. Um, and they are just, they're, they're a couple who've fallen um, out with each other in a car. I mean, what could be more blissfully miserable than that? It is a bleak film, and it's beautiful. Brief Encounter. Oh, that yeah. is bleak. Oh, yeah. That is bleak, isn't it? Oh, man! I Quick. think the end is supposed to be happy, but it's not, is it? I don't. Well, I don't think it can be happy. Says, no. I'm so glad you came back to me. No, oh, well, no. it's the bleakness in her. That's her life. Oh, I've got shivers thinking about it. Peter and Warmer Green. I bet you like a good movie, don't you? A bleak movie? Not particularly, no. Do you like an action movie? I like action movies. Do you like science it? fiction movies? Pardon? Do you like science fiction movies? Not particularly, but not the one, do, not the recent ones anyway. Do you like comedy movies? Yes, indeed. Do you like adult movies? No. Okay, what would you like to have a whinge about today, boss? I was listening to you about uh, the people who smoke and the treatment. Uh, people who drive cars in towns and cities cause more costs to the National Health Service from people with breathing problems than anyone who smokes. And, you're and they're addicted. The ones who smoke are addicted. Where are you? Uh, where's your evidence from, Peter? Well, various sources. Could you name one of those sources? Well, newspapers. Could you name the newspaper? Newspapers, news items on the TV. Okay. Could you could you name um, uh, the newspaper? No, not quite individually. Uh, it's quite a while ago. Sounds like Peter. I don't know. You well, made that up. Oh, now, 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 you can't tell me there's no pollution in South Sentinel, yeah. and you can't tell me there's not thousands I, of people with breathing I'm problems. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. But well, what, what are you actually saying? Oh. <laughs>
Pizza, You've got him there, Peter. Pizza, what I'm saying is, you're, I do enjoy these calls from you, Peter, and I know you get you take it in the spirit it's intended, but today you're talking rubbish. Oh, OK. I am, okay. I, am, I am disputing. It may be true, but you've said that there are more people with breathing difficulties because of cars. Oh, absolutely. Well, obviously. Well, no, you're saying obviously, but I don't know that's obvious. Well, if you look at the statistics on um, pollution in towns and uh, cities, it's much higher than in the countryside. Simple. Well, yeah, I know, well, I know that, but it doesn't mean that... But no, it's not simple maths. You've made up your own times table. <laughs> no. It doesn't mean that there are more people with breathing problems because of uh, cars than there are because of fags. Well, they, we know it's pollutants. We know... I know... Th- I'm agreeing with you that there, there is pollutant there are pollutants yeah right? what i'm not agreeing with you with is the fact that you are saying there are more people with breathing difficulties because of cars oh absolutely then there are because of smoking <laughs> where did you get that fact from well because it, it, it detailed there was nine to one chance of a car causing the problem now he's got statistics to back up this nonsense where are these stats from well, only, I only identify them from uh, scientific sources, really. What scientific <laughs> sources? That have been issued in newspapers. <laughs> Once, uh, I, I, I say, have you got a hearing aid? Pardon? <laughs> have you got a hearing aid? Huh? Well, you, you don't seem to hear what I've just said. Huh? <laughs> say that again. No, I'm, I'm not going. You put your hearing aid in. Thank you, Peter. I do, I do enjoy a good party with Peter, primarily because he's rubbish at arguing, but he does. Peter is one of those... The thing is, we'll get complaints now saying I was rude to Peter, but Peter gets it totally. I do love a good He got party. it there. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave a bit back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, Peter. That's exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, you made me laugh. We're also um, talking about should women shave. Have you, as a woman, ever shaved your, um, uh, your face? No. Next question. Uh, I used to... Um, Some women shave their arms. That feels to yeah, me like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're going to end up with arms like Desperate Dan, aren't you? I was, it's got to grow back. I was looking at... I was admiring my um, buff body in a, a mirror the other day. I've been in a hotel all... Gosh, uh, you never mentioned like, that. Yeah, you've... I've gone a bit stir-crazy. I've gone like, um... Um... um Do you it, wake up and kiss your biceps? Y- yeah, sometimes. Justin. I kiss whatever I can reach. You've got Justinitis. Uh, I was like um, that man in that film where he's staring at a mirror and he goes mad. American oh, Psycho. Talking to me. No. Talking to me. Taxi driver. No, the um, uh, the war film. Machinist. No, the Free war. Romance. No, the war film. He's, sta- he's staring at the talking. Sugar to- Man. He cut. No. Talking well. to the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's no, the fairest of them all? No. Ian. The, it turns out. The war. The war film. The man. Um, oh. It's not Kirk Douglas. Platoon. No. Ap- Apocalypse Now. That's the fella. Okay. I've not seen it, so I wouldn't know. Anyway, is, it no, mi- is it the mirror that does it, or is it Vietnam? I think he goes mad because of the mirror. Oh. I didn't really get get much past that. It was a bit boring. Um, I, good music, though. Um, Platoon, there's a grim film. Is is Platoon Me Love You Long Time? What's me- that bit. That's, well, that, well, the, uh, that's the, where the famous the quote... Um, uh, is that the famous quote... <laughs> I thought that was just uh, My Mates... I didn't realise that was a famous quote. I, I, I'm hoping that Kells is laughing and she's not crying because my words verbally a, assaulted I her. I believe that that is the cry. You know, sometimes, you know, if you go to Benidorm and, they, and they're shouting, looky, looky, 
That's the version of that from that part of the world. She's, I heard. she's laughing. Kelly's laughing. That's I've good. I've never heard that Have before. You? What Ian said, I've never heard it. But there is a famous quote from a film. There's that one I gave you, and it's also the famous the famous quote. If you're is uh, is uh, me love you long time, and that is that does that come from platoon? That comes from Full Metal Jacket. Ah, uh, another grim film. Yeah, grim. Um, Who'd have thought war not being fun? <laughs> Uh, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Anyway, Grim Films. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Robots attack. Me love you long time. No, S- no. Uh, should women shave mm. their face? Yes. Think we got there Wait. in the end. Don't press that button. Can I press it now? No. Oh flip! Where is she? She's doing Kent. Well, look, this is not good enough. Is this going to be a daily thing? No, it's somebody's off, so she's covering them. <sighs> oh right, okay. So we suffer. For someone else skiving off. For who who presents? Oh, should be here in ten seconds. Who presents Breakfast Radio okay. Kent? BBC Breakfast Radio Kent. Don't know. We're going to find them, and uh, we're going to. Who uh, is presenting the Anyways Kent? Let's have a look. BBC News. Kent. Is it James Whale? He's Essex, uh, I think. Is he? The Anyways Wales. He's doing Wales. BBC Wales. Okay, well that's that. And the by the way, BBC. The way. What a bunch John of. John Warnett and Maggie Doyle bring you news, travel, and weather plus Kent stories. Don't who don't because hey. now people are going there. Hey, she's. Dialing in now. Let's pretend that we're Kent and she's got it wrong. So this is uh, BBC Radio Kent. I love Kent. And uh, well, what's happening in Kent this week? Let's go to Maggie. Maggie, what's happening in Kent this <laughs> Loads week? Loads of stuff. Yeah, I believe yeah. there's a um, there's a pig uh, staring contest. What's, yep. what's what, When's that happening? And what's happening there at the pig staring contest? Tomorrow, 9 a.m. Get down nice and early. Bring your pigs. And uh, just have a good old stare. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Sammy Bruff's here. Good morning, Sammy. Good morning. BBC Kent here. Hello. Pig staring contest. Oh, I love, I love to do that. Yeah. Would you, would you? How long? What's the longest you have stared at pig for? Give us a call now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double. Actually, do give us. What is the longest you've ever stared at any animal for? I'm oh, totally up for that. I quite like taking cats on. Yeah, cats don't. Cat. The, the worst it. thing you can do to a cat, Sammy. And by the way, are you doing any <laughs> other radio stations? Have we got a rush here? The worst thing you can do to a cat is stare at them when they're doing a poo. They hate. <laughs> they hate <laughs> it. Have you done that? Yes. They hate it. They look so ashamed. My I sister's don't think that's just cats. My sister's cat is my nemesis, <laughs> and I, I love engaging him in a good stare off. Oh, he hates cat it. doing a poo. They look so. Uh, ever There's seen a cat? wrong with that. Sorry. That's that's not really right, though, is it? What do you mean? You don't look at someone when they're doing a poo. If they're doing it on your bed, you do. If he's looking at me, I'm going to look at him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that, Kath. That was out of order. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow at Junction 8 for Emil Hempstead because of an accident there. It's been moved to the hard shoulder. The queues are from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road after an accident. On the M11 southbound, there are queues after an accident between Junction 9 for Seffron Walden and 8 for Bishop Stortford. And there are queues from Junction 10 for Duxford. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very busy between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. In Brookmans Park, on the Great North Road, that's reopened again after an accident at Mims Drive. And the A1 northbound has queues built up from the M25 junction 23 for South Mims to the Borehamwood Holiday Inn junction. Uh, possibly a problem has been reported on the roundabout, so we'll keep you up to date with that. Samantha the Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 7.47. When have you uh, caught animals in uh, embarrassing situations? 08459 455 555. 7.47. 
It's uh, Monday the 9th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The National Union of Teachers says the failure to open a girls' academy at Luton proves the government's free school scheme is a farce. Four men have been jailed after being caught with a sawn-off shotgun in Luton, and a man in Luton thinks this. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. Oh, my gee. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a reasonably mild start. I say reasonably. Compared to this time last week, it's reasonably mild. Most places above zero. There's a lot of cloud around today. One or two mist and fog patches. They'll lift, but into low cloud. It's going to be grey. It's nice and quiet. The wind is light and uh, the temperature is likely to get up to around eight, maybe nine Celsius later on this afternoon. It's going to stay dry as well as it will do or should do for the next few days. Overnight, we're hanging on to the cloud. One or two breaks could lead to a bit of mist and fog, but the minimum temperature in the most part above zero. Countryside could dip just down to around zero, so we could get a sparkle or two of frost tomorrow morning, but most places above zero and very similar to today. A rather grey start tomorrow and a grey end. There's more cloud tomorrow, less likely to see too much sun, and the temperature again up to eight, maybe nine Celsius. It's a similar day for Wednesday. It does start to change, though, as we head through to Thursday, particularly Thursday afternoon. The wind picks up and it turns wet and windy for the end of the week and that's your forecast thank you kate Anne Main is the Conservative MP for St Albans and has been for the last 10 years. But what does being a local MP actually mean and what does she do? Three Rivers Council, which covers this particular area of my constituency, is looking particularly spineless as far as I'm concerned. On Wednesday, you can find out as she's coming in to sit in my hot seat. It is not absolutely fine at all. They sent test correspondence. The correspondence has been sent a month and still not acknowledged by the partners. Get in touch with any questions you want answering and I'll put them to her. Email JVS show at bbc.co.uk. Who's doing that typing? Starting your message with 3CR. Hang on a second, hang on a second. Go, oh, this, is, this is an important thing. Listen to the lunatic that's. Um, and made. So this is good, right? I look forward to this. The lunatic who's sending an email. Has been for you would not want to read an email sent by a person who types like this. Have a listen. What do you mean? And what does she do? Three Rivers Council, which covers this particular area of my constituency, is looking particularly spineless as far as I'm concerned. On Wednesday, you can find out as she's coming in to sit okay, in. So that's good. We're listening to that. He's not absolutely fine. He has actually literally a hot seat. He puts a, a hot water bottle on it and a blanket. And still not acknowledged by the partners. Here we go. Get in touch with any questions. This lunatic typing. And I'll put them to her. Email JVS Show. Do you like colours? Or text on 81333. Starting your message with 3CR. Have you ever touched a cow? In the JVS hot seat. Wednesday morning from 9. Here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you know my mum? That's the kind of questions that they'll be asking. Some of the types like like that will be asking. What is air? (laughs) Have you ever seen sky? That's the type of idea when I'm pretending to work. Is your name Anne Main? That's the kind of questions you're going to get from someone who types like that. <laughs> you want to put on the nut job filter, I think. Have you got a shoe? What is better, left or right? My eyes are sore. <laughs> well, I've, I've broken my computer. It's all gone sideways. Look at that. Look <laughs> at that. It's actually oh. gone sideways. Oh, I can help you with that. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's over there. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Do you know me? <laughs> My teeth are bleeding! 
<laughs> That's the kind of question you're going to get from someone who types That's like that. That's not even a question. Yeah, well, the person's got a lot of body issues. How have I done that to my computer? The screen's gone sideways. Look, Kath. I've broken my computer. That's why these people are so so frustrated. Their, their screens are like that. <laughs> I've got no idea. Do you want to whack that audio back in for us, that please, uh, right. Kels Bells? It does, it does serve me right. It, it really does serve me right. You have more respect. Well, no, I've got what? For the, for the lunatics? I've got respect for our main coming no, for in. BBC I've, computers. I've got, I've got no respect for the lunatics. That uh, type like that. What do type like that? Um, 08459 uh, moving on to uh, but slightly more serious issues. The family story that we've been covering on here quite a lot, actually, over uh, well, the past few months. The family of a three-year-old girl who uh, was run over and killed in Bury Park in Luton say they've raised over £3,000 for an independent survey to be carried out on the road where she died. It's six months since Maya Shazad was hit by a bus on Dunstable Road. Police say it was a tragic accident, but her parents have criticised the investigation and say they're still waiting for answers. Well, Catherine Boyle joins me. Now, Catherine, remind us what happened to Maya. Well, we know that Maya was out walking with her family in Berry Park on the 8th of August last year. They've been shopping for a wedding and they're about to get something to eat. Now, the family say they all crossed the road together, but what happened next is disputed. All we know is that Maya was hit by a bus and she was killed. The police say that after a thorough investigation, they've concluded it was a tragic accident and nobody was to blame. Um, and they also don't believe the road layout played a part. But the family disagrees uh, and say that the layout of Dunstable Road needs radical changing. Here's Maya's mum, Shazia. The layout of Park is so dangerous. You know, some of the shops I actually saw, obviously, that near that place where my passed away, they said even when this these place, this was all done, we weren't happy with it because we knew it was dangerous for the community. It needs to be safer. If you look at the size of the bus and the size of the road, it just all adds up. There's more, there's, why is the footpath so big and the roads are so small? There's no safe crossings in Bury Park. If you go from the, you know, walk from the right from the plaza to the top, there is no safe crossing. How would, you know, how, uh, people that are going out, where are they supposed to cross from? Now, the family raised over £3,000 in a fundraiser that we covered in uh, December. They say an independent report into the layout is now being carried out and it should be completed next month. Uh, and uh, any reaction from Luton Borough Council to this latest development? Only in a statement, I'm afraid, but Luton Borough Council says its thoughts remain with the family and they welcome all feedback from the community. But they say there's been a significant reduction in accidents on Dunstable Road since the current road layout was introduced in 2006. So the road layout is one issue that the family have, but they, they've got other issues as well, haven't they? Yeah, they've they? strongly criticised Bedfordshire Police handling of the case. The family says the decision not to prosecute the bus driver was never explained to them and they're still waiting to hear back about a meeting they requested with the police in December. Now they also complained about what they call heavy-handed treatment that they received on the day of the accident. They, don't, they say they don't know what's happened with their complaints. Some members of the family also joined last month's protest outside Beverage Police um, Station which was about wider concerns in the community about policing. Here's Maya's mum Shazia again. We went on a family day out. It should have been safe for us. I should have brought a body home. I should have lost a piece of my family. No one should have. Everybody's sitting in their own houses. No one knows how they're living. I know the way I'm living. I know how my child's living. My six and a half year old, she cries all the time for her sister, but I don't have no answers. You know, people must be thinking why, you know, but all I want is an answer, what happened to my Maya? Our community have stopped believing in the police, Bedfordshire police. They've stopped doing that, especially, there must have been a lot of other cases, but especially with the way they've dealt with my daughter, I'm disgusted. I don't, ha I, I, I don't, want, I don't want no more officers, you know, writing letters to me. I don't need letters, I need answers. 
Um, what have the police said? Another statement. Bedfordshire police say um, that their sympathies go out to Maya's family and say they've offered to meet with the family to discuss the findings of their investigation and would welcome a meeting with them. Now, they say they'll be responding to uh, their letter to arrange one in the near future. They go on to say that there is an inquest due to be held into Maya's death and it would be inappropriate to comment further on the investigation ahead of that <clears> process. <throat> However, we can say that no offences were identified against anyone involved in the collision. The inquest is due to take place next month and you can see more on this story on Look East, BBC One tonight from well, 6.30. It will be interesting to see what the inquest says and I realise that by saying it will be interesting that that might sound like I'm demeaning the death. I mean... There is... Uh, we, listen, we don't know what happened there, but there is always the chance that it was... A tra tragic accidents happen. That's why they are tragic accidents. Uh, and I don't know this, this, you know, the ins and outs of this story, you know, but um, I guess any parent who loses a child in whatever circumstances looks for answers, don't they? It's the, it's the why me, why them? And they look for answers. Some people set up charities, don't they? Yeah. So, but it's feeling like you can channel your feelings into something that will have a, an end result because otherwise it's just having to deal with them it's awful oh dear it's very very sad isn't it oh eight four five nine four double five five double five did you have a pen i bet you had a pen pal didn't you i had loads of pen pals yeah you're the kind of somewhere with um i had some rather strange letters from tanzania oh really would you what one of my pen pals was in a girls school let's just say there were some goings on there that i only really understand now i'm a grown-up what go what goings on like mucky things but if they're all girls, where was this coming from? Oh, you're joking. Anyway, really? so yeah, then, but I had some very interesting um, pen pals too. Uh, I had um, some uh, in Italy, who I'm still talk I still talk to occasionally, my Italian pen friend, even though neither of us really speaks each other's I language. I never, I, I had a pen pal. Um, he was, uh, he was New Zealand, Ginger Lab in New Zealand. He liked boats, I remember. And he was just the most boring, I mean... He was like related to the headmistress, and my, it was it was really boring. My, I, don't, I never liked it. My Spanish pen pal is my uh, daughter's godmother. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. No, she's cool. We get a lot of nice holidays. I bumped into my pen pal in Aldi queue, 40 years on. Says a woman in the newspaper. A grandmother was reunited with her French pen pal. Oh. 40 years after they lost touch, when they bumped into her in a supermarket and discovered they li lived less than a mile apart. Ooh, dans la France or en Angleterre? Uh, en Angleterre. Sue Ellis recommended Yvette Pearson when she overheard her Parisian accent while waiting at the checkout of her local Audi. Incredibly, the women who had written to each other for four years when they were teenagers in the 60s discovered they both moved to the same town. Oh. That's weird, isn't it? Yes. Yvette, who works as a French teacher, said, Sue said, just said my name and I couldn't place her, but I knew that I knew her. I just, the pen pals, and thank God we've got the internet, because it means that the, the pen pal phenomenon where you would write letters, you, you would oh, be... But I found it exciting and you oh. get all these, like, different stamps and... It's boring. I had envelopes. Oh, mm. it was boring. I didn't want to know people in this country, let alone abroad. I liked it. And airmail. You used to be able to get these airmail letters that you wrote on, on a page of A4, and then it would fold up it to become envelope. its own envelope. Just yeah, this. I know, the paper was so thin. Really How much thin. did it cost? Why, why were, was not paper so expensive to send because it's heavy on the aeroplane isn't it travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio on the m11 
southbound, there are queues from Junction 10 for Duxford to Junction at nine for, Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford because of an accident there earlier. Also on the M11, there's a lane blocked at Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford on the roundabout on the Stansted side because a lorry's broken down. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow after the accident at Junction 8 for Hamel Hempstead. There are queues from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. And the M40 towards London is very busy between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and the M25. On the M25, it's looking very slow from King's Langley around Junction 16 for the M40. And in Little Paxton, the A1 Great North Road is very busy from the Little Paxton turn-off towards the Black Cat roundabout. On the trains, there are reports of any major delays at the moment. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Liak New. The headlines, demands of money for the failed Luton Girls Academy is paid back, Labour plans to increase paternity leave and success for Sam Smith at the Grammys. BBC Three Counties Radio. The National Union of Teachers says the failure to open a girls' academy in Luton proves free schools are a farce. There's demands that the founders of the school pay back the public money it received. Now the government's pulled the plug. But Mark Lahane, who runs Bedford Free School, is defending the scheme. There's no doubt that if you go and spend money on a project and then that school doesn't open, it absolutely looks like it is a waste of money in terms of that project there. However, you've got to look at you know the bigger picture. Free schools, generally speaking, open schools, something like 60% more cheaply. Labour says it would double paternity leave to four weeks if they win the general election. They would also offer at least £260 a week in paternity pay. The Shadow Cabinet Office Minister John Ashworth says families want more flexibility. This is really exciting news for dads. I'm, I'm a dad myself, got a three-year-old and a, a 14-month-old. I know how important it is that the dad has those two weeks off, or which will be four weeks off, with the new baby. I think it's important for dads and, and family life. And, and, and I just think that uh, we want a more flexible approach to, uh, to life, and I, think, and I think a lot of dads will welcome this. The family of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down in Luton have raised £3,000 for a survey of the road where she died. Maya Shahzad was hit by a bus on Dunstable Road six months ago. The police say it was an accident, but Maya's mother, Shazia, disagrees. The layout of Bury Park is so dangerous. You know, some of the shops are actually placed where Maya passed away. They said even when this, these place, this was all done, we weren't happy with it because we knew it was dangerous for the community. It needs to be safer. If you look at the size of the bus and the size of the road... It just all adds up. Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night at the Grammys. The singer who went to school in Bishop Stortford won four awards, including Best New Artist and Record of the Year. Meanwhile, at the BAFTAs, Boyhood was named Best Film. Eddie Redmayne was named Best Actor for his portrayal of St Albans physicist Stephen Hawking, and he thanked the Hawking family. I would like to thank them for their trust in us, for their generosity and their kindness um, and for reminding me of the great strength that comes from the will to live a full and a passionate life. So to the Hawkings and the Hellier Joneses, thank you. 
And farmers in Bedfordshire say they've created a new red onion that's not as smelly and less likely to make you cry. The first sweet red onions produced by Bedfordshire growers in Biggleswade are being stocked by Asda. They say it's 20, taken 20 years to cultivate. In sport, England's cricketers have won their World Cup warm-up match against the West Indies in Australia. And the weather will be generally cloudy today with mist and fog patches. Top temperatures around 6 degrees Celsius. That's 43 degrees Fahrenheit. You get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. Oh, that's my favourite... <laughs> that's my favourite, favourite clip. That's a real person saying that. And that, dear listener, is why we're skint. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots for you to get your teeth into in the last hour of the show. Catherine, what, what can they uh, have their say on, please? When, when robots attack, mm. robots or machines. There's a woman who's had her hair hoovered up by a robot vacuum cleaner. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. When has uh, machinery ever fought back with you? What if you had trapped in a machine, I guess, is the sub- <laughs> subtitle for that? Could be, could be. Uh, 08459 455555. Oh, marvellous... Morkish movies. Bleak films, yep. please. I watched Tyrannosaur yesterday. Wonderful. If you're contemplating suicide, <laughs> don't. don't watch that before. Seriously, it is so... Catherine, honestly, you've got to watch it. It's just a, it's a masterpiece, but it's flipping miserable. I don't know whether I can bear it. Oh, it, I mean, I would say do it in like eight-minute chunks. I did the whole film all the way through. It was, oh, it was hard work. So bleak films, please. 08459 455 555. And we've not had anybody call in, uh, a woman calling in admitting they shave their faces. There are other things that women can do to get rid of excessive facial hair, aren't there? Yeah, and I don't think that this is what this woman's saying that she has because they go on about her downy, white, um, hardly visible hair. It's just apparently it's a way of making your skin look amazing, but uh, I don't fancy it. I wouldn't fancy that. There's enough maintenance goes on when you're a woman. You don't need to start making... 08459-455-555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Have we got... Have we got any texts? Oh, I haven't even looked. I know, we've not even looked at the texts yet, so oh, have we got any? Me. Let me check. Uh... Let's have a little look-see and um, see what we've got before um, we head over to Scoinsville, Arizona. Hang on. Oh, Catherine logging into the computer. This is... Uh, this is exciting. This is Sony Gold. Oh, here we go. Yep. Uh, bleak the, film, Stephen King, The Mist. The ending is a beauty. Oh, yeah. Kanye West took a very hard test in the month of May. He sat scratching his head, then got distracted instead as Kim's massive rear got in the way. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, the Kanye West uh, limerick. Thank you. Bring on Justin, Ian. Take Justin Job and Justin do Ian Job. That's from Shirley or Jim or whatever name it is. All right, boss. Nice. What, what name are they using today? None. OK. But we know it's Shirley. Anonymous. Uh, and... Uh, Anonymous. Uh, I think the quote that you mentioned earlier on, I love you a long time, comes from the deer hunter, says Russ. Oh, it could be. I haven't seen that. It could be. OK, well, it wasn't really worth going to the Texas, was it? Well... No. Benny Buckingham wants to talk about smoking. Do you want that one? Yeah, go yeah. on. If there was no smoking in the UK, how would the government recoup the money lost from tobacco duty? And if smoking was banned, the NHS would well. still be in trouble. 
There you go. It wasn't worth going to them. Catherine, excellent stuff. Thank <laughs> 08459 Now, at the end of Friday's show, it emerged just how much public money had been given to a school in Luton that never was and looks as if it never will be. £180,000. That's the amount given to the company behind the application for the Luton Girls Academy, a company who couldn't or wouldn't tell us where they planned to put this school until a few weeks ago, and they still haven't told the parents that it won't be happening at all. All it says on the uh, uh, website is, breaking news... And that's it. Well, Paul Scoynes is our political reporter. Paul, this £180,000 is, is way over what you estimated, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I had a vague idea that it was going to be around £20,000, yep. um, just based on previous experience of how much it costs to set up a free school, and that's what happened with Barnfield. They were getting around £20,000, I was told, to uh, to just make the pre- preliminary uh, investigations. But, uh, yeah, £180,000, a vast overestimate. And, and to be honest, I, I doubt that we're going to see very much of that back as taxpayers. Uh, so that money's gone for good then, is it? Do we, do we have any idea yet what that money's been spent on? No. Um, the DfE haven't told us what it was for. Um, the uh, school has still yet to return our calls. Um, so, no, we don't know in detail. We do know that the DfE asks for a certain number of tests to be carried out, so they want to make sure that the land, obviously, mm. is is kind of going to be used right, that it's going to be something that you could put a school on. So I imagine some of that money would have gone uh, at least into the um, prospect of securing that land or at least putting something on that land in order for it to be a school. I mean, you'll re- remember that when I went and had a look at it, it was nothing more than a, uh, a sort of vast expanse of concrete wasteland um, and not something that you could have put schools uh, or children into in, in eight months' time, which, of course, is what uh, they were proposing to do. And that's, I think, why the DfE de- decided at the last minute to, to pull the funding. Significant number of parents had signed up for this school. Do we know if they've been told officially yet? We don't. We don't. And we, we knew that um, as of last week, when we first broke the story on the Monday, uh, that the school wasn't going to go ahead, that we had parents calling the station saying that they'd heard nothing, that they were mm. finding out for the very first time uh, last Monday morning. Um, obviously, Friday was a bit more information from the DfE about exactly how much money was going to be spent. The DfE do say that they're going to try and recoup any unspent money. But of course, we have no way of knowing at the moment what has been spent and what hasn't. We just know that the amount of money that had gone into the school already was that figure of 180,000. As you say, there's nothing on the website. We don't know whether or not uh, parents have been sent a letter. We have been trying to speak to Ace Trust Limited, uh, which is based in Harpenden, and uh, that was the uh, company behind Luton Girls Academy. Uh, One of the directors of that, also a director of a company called Claritus Wealth Limited. We've put calls into them as well. So far, everything has been uh, sort of not ignored, basically. Paul, uh, thank you very much. Excellent stuff. And uh, excellent performance at Bletchley at the weekend. Thanks. You're very welcome indeed. I'll explain all of it later on. Uh, In the studio to discuss this is the woman who's trying to take Gavin Shuka's Luton parliamentary seat for the Conservatives at the next election, Katie Radman. Morning, Katie. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming in. Uh, £200,000 of public money, um, kind of wasted. It's not brilliant, is it? 
Um, I don't think we know yet whether the money has been spent. So as I understand it, the money was allocated to Ace Trust and that money will have been put in um, a charitable account and will, will have been, been kept in the trust. It won't have gone to these individuals. So first of all, we need to establish has that money been spent or has it just been allocated and is it just sat in a bank account somewhere? So we can't really put any figures out there until we know you know, what's mm. there, what can be recovered. And we will obviously look to recover that money. Uh, you've been doing some investigation since we asked you to come on the programme. Have you found mm. any more about why the, the government turned down this, this application? Do we know anything about it? Yes, I have. So um, there's been some rumours um, of whether it was because the school was a faith school. That's that's not the case at all. Um, the only reason is that it didn't meet the strict criteria and the school wasn't going to be ready to open in September. So the school had the go-ahead last year. Mm. They then had a year to show that they had plans so that they could staff the school. They had a curriculum, that they had a site. And... At this stage, it wasn't looking that it was going to be ready for September. So rather than put more money into it, it was decided to pull the plug at this stage. But what's interesting is that I didn't see much cooperation from the local authority. Now, free schools are a very difficult thing to set up. So you've got two teachers here who've got this idea. They want to provide choice for parents. They want to set up a school that there is demand for. They've got two teachers and a whiteboard here. They've got a bit of government money. They're trying to set up a school on their own. The local authority needs to be engaged in that process and help them to have planning permission for a site um, to do all of the necessary due diligence on traffic surveys, all of this kind of thing. And there wasn't much cooperation from the local authority. If I was MP, I would be working with with Ace Trust, with those teachers to actually make sure that that public money was spent well and that the school went ahead. See, it, it, it's been argued, and we know for, for a fact from our approaches, that the, the people who were trying to set up the school were actually being quite obstructive, and, and uh, they certainly didn't want to talk to us and seemed reluctant to engage with the local authority themselves. They were very secretive. Mm, I understand um, they've been reluctant to, to engage at this stage. I don't know how it's been throughout the rest of the year, but if that was the case, if they were not engaged, if it was from their side that they weren't engaging with the local authority, surely someone could have phoned up DFE and said, you know, there's a school here, they've got a lot of money, it doesn't look like they're engaging, we don't think the school's going to go ahead, and then maybe something could have been stopped sooner. Uh, the, the free school programme is very much part of, of the Conservative policy, your your your, uh, mm. your uh, party's policy. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Not at all. No, free schools have been a big success story, and the, the vast majority of free schools have been rated good or but outstanding this, by Ofsted. But doesn't this, this, this kind of show that, that two, nearly £200,000 can just be lost? Um, the, the, the system itself is flawed if that much money can be given out without anything happening. I wouldn't say it's been lost. We don't know what's been spent and what hasn't been spent. If the money has been spent, if there has been a study on getting this new school set up, then I would like to see, is there a possibility that we could maybe delay the opening of the school and get something open next year? I don't think it's something that we should be writing off because there's demand for parents from it and there's obviously been some work done. So I would say that there is something that we can gain from this. So there is a chance that this school might get the go-ahead at a later date? I would like to see that happen, yes. Even though the Department for Education of of, of said that basically they're not interested they've said that there isn't that the plans haven't made sufficient progress to open this september so well, they, they haven't got a site have they they've got a site but there's nothing there it's a just site's like a, been identified um, there isn't there, planning is permission for it no i mean luton borough council is a notoriously difficult authority to um to work with for planning permission yeah um i understand even even the bbc three counties radio office looked to to relocate yeah. and found it difficult to go within luton yeah. so 
you know, anyone would struggle, and it's it's difficult to set up a school, particularly, you know, free schools have a lot more... But then surely that should, you, I, I would have thought, I don't know, I never set up a school, I, I don't intend to, but that would be one of the, the first things, before you start signing parents up, mm. uh, it, you know, it's, uh, it's all very well good blaming the authority, but before you start signing parents up for a school, you would think that you would be able to say, and we've got a site, and we're going to build, you know, we're going to put something there. Mm, I mean, parents basically put put their preferences so what happens is um, when parents have a, a child that's due to go to school in September they put down a list of three preferences of the schools they would like to go to so it wasn't that parents were signed up and ready to go to this school it was that they had nominated Luton Girls Academy as their first preference and I understand that affected about 58 students mm. what happens to those students then they just move down to their second so list they will go down to the second preference yeah and there, there is sufficient capacity in Luton um, to, to take those students we, we heard uh, from a, a member of the National Union of Teachers earlier on who, who thinks that this policy for, for free schools doesn't work and that local authorities should be given back the power to, to build their own schools where they're needed. What would you say to that? Local authorities do absolutely have the power to build schools where they're needed. And with free schools, it's about giving parents choice. So if there is a local community group or a faith group that wants to set up a school that is, is, is something that's not offered by the local authority and they have sufficient plans in place to actually build a successful school, then the Department of Education will give them the funding and the support they need to do that. It doesn't affect the local authority schools process. So what, how, I, I was, I, okay, then I've, I've been misled because I was led to believe that local authorities, they haven't got the power to say, do you know what, we're going to build a school now. They absolutely have that power. They can definitely do that. All right. Uh, Katie, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming in. No doubt we'll speak more over the next few months. It's very Thank nice very to see much. you. That's the uh, Conservative perspective, uh, Conservative uh, MP for Luton South, Katie Redmond. 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Southbound, there are long delays from Junction 10 for Duxford to Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford because of an accident earlier. All the lanes are open, but there are still very slow queues through that stretch. Also on the M11, there's a lane closed at Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford on the roundabout on the Stansted side because a lorry's broken down. On the M1 Southbound, it's very slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road to Junction 8 for Helmer Hempstead because of an accident. That's now also on the hard shoulder, but it's still very slow. And the M25 anti-clockwise has queues between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. In Luton, Dunstable Road is very slow between the M11 at the M1, Junction 11, Dunstable Road and Waller Avenue, probably because of the problems on the M11 southbound because of the accident. And the A41 Fry Ridge Road in Aylesbury is very busy around the Oxford Road roundabout and the Walton Street roundabout. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. We'll, we'll get a little bit of clarification in a minute from Catherine about whether local authorities can or can't build schools. A little bit of um, disagreement there. 8.17, it's Monday the 9th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are calls for the founders of a failed girls' academy in Luton to pay back the grant they were given. Farmers in Bedfordshire say they've created a new red onion that's not as... This is the second, head, this is the second headline? What have they created? Come on. A new red onion that doesn't make you cry. Smelly. And the third, get this, the third headline is that uh, singer Sam Smith is rubbish. Oh man, we can't, we can't, we really, no, BBC's no, no. Three Counties Radio. says here, farmers in Bedfordshire say they've created a new red onion that's less likely to make you cry and singer Sam Smith is rubbish. Slow news day, anybody? Anybody? I think that's a very good idea about the onion, though. What? 
Well, it. I was chopping onions on Saturday for, of course a you were. for luxury, your special sauce. Luxury. Uh, no, I had a. I had a countryside candlelit soiree with Ploughman's Entertainment, and uh, I was cho- chopping onions. Ploughman's Entertainment is yes. that the Wurzels? Um, and does, no, 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 no. What does that mean? <laughs> it's uh, Entertainment de Campo. Is he speaking? Is he speaking English, or is he speaking such a high frequency of posh that I can't understand I think it? He's speaking half English, half Italiano. What, what on earth are you banging on about, you loon? Well, when you live uh, when you live in the countryside, oh, I know what you're saying. You uh, you know, don't you? De Campo. Yes, you know De Campo was there. The no, it means in the countryside. Oh. A countryside entertainment. What does that mean? I, I can't what, tell you. Dogging? You went I, dogging? No, of course not. Well, what do you mean then? Ploughing. Well, you're. If you ever come to one of my my countryside candlelit soirees, you don't tell me where you live. I don't even <laughs> no, know what county no, you live in. No. Well, if you ever do come, I might put on some ploughman's entertainment for you. Is that? Does that mean you to dance around wearing chaps? You'll find out. Oh! Do you dance around wearing cheese? <laughs> What's that? It's about cheese? Do you dance around wearing cheese? And a pickle? Do you get yourself in the right pickle? Uh, Do you have I... half an apple well, shoved somewhere? Going back to the to the beginning of this story, I did when I was chopping the onions. I was right. streaming. Yeah. Absolutely streaming. I had to open the back door. Oh. Now, is that the ploughman's entertainment? Put a wooden spoon in your mouth and, and bite hard on it. I've heard that that's the, the way that's forward. That's what you've got to do. Also, really? red onions don't make you cry anyway. Well, these ones, I, I, I had to open the back door. Let a bit of air in. <laughs> One way of dealing with it, I suppose. That works, does it? Well, it did work. These old, these old wives' uh, tips, housewives' tips. <laughs> don't you? If you're crying when you cut your onions, just open your back door and get a bit of breeze up there. But don't you open the back door? Not very often these days. It just gets harder and harder to close it with age. Can we have a look what you're doing? Can we get, can we get away with moving into this? No. No, we can't at all. Hang on. Oh, no, I've got nothing there. Hang on a minute. I don't worry. Don't, don't panic, Mr Mannering. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. by uh, award-winning broadcaster Jonathan Vernon-Smith. He's going to tell us what's happening on his show this morning from nine. Jonathan. Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, do you think giving men four weeks paternity leave is a good use of government money? Labour has announced that if they win the general election in May, they'll double the amount of paid paternity leave available to new dads from two to four weeks. Ed Miliband has also pledged that statutory paternity pay would be raised by £120 to £260 a week. Currently, only 55% of new fathers take the full two weeks off as financial pressures often force them back into work. And whilst this policy would cost the taxpayer £150 million, Labour say this money could be raised by reducing the tax credits government has to give out to help people afford childcare. Well, from nine this morning, I'd like your reaction to this. As a dad of young children, do you think this is a good idea? Could not wait to get back to work. Really? Could not wait to get back to work. Yep, yep. I had two weeks off, and it's different because I'm self-employed, so I, you know, I don't work, I don't get paid. Um, but I had two weeks off for the first one, a week off for the second. Could not wait to get back to work. Why? Driving me nuts. I was it, honestly after a week. No, honestly, 
It's such a, particularly with the first one, it's such a shock to the system and you are so exhausted. And the first one wasn't um, breastfeeding, so we would alternate who fed him in the night. Um, and just to get, your whole world gets completely skewed and your rhythm and your routine just goes. And I, I kind of function with ri- uh, routine, I need routine. So the routine of, of going to work, it was, I was doing a night show, the routine of, of going out in the late afternoon, early evening and doing the show and coming, it was, I needed that, otherwise I would have gone nuts. So to have an entire month off, oh, you wouldn't have... No, no, mate, no. no! Do you know what else? I think as well as a woman, you want to find out what normal is. So actually, the sooner everyone stops faffing about and everyone gets back to normal, the sooner you can get into your own routine and work out how to do stuff by and yourself. This is, this is different, you know, there will be other people where it's different and I realise I work a stupid job, but I could not wait to get back to work and get... and, and uh, and you know, I still love the boys. Of course, I love the boys. It was the most amazing thing. But just that routine of going to work and some normality—it was, was a relief. The first three weeks are so unreal, anyway, aren't they? You're just coping. Yeah. It's like a video game. As soon as it cries, you're trying to work out how to shut it up quickly. I mean, that's basically what you spend your first three weeks doing. And yep. then you kind of want to work out your own ru- routine and your way of doing stuff without people hanging <laughs> about who aren't normally there. That shocked you, wasn't it? So uh, this policy's not gone down very well with your team. Nope. Nope. Well, fact, from- as a res- direct result of this policy, I'm having no more children. From nine this morning, I'd like your reaction. Action. Do you think giving men four weeks paternity leave is a good use of government money? I'd love your call from nine on 08459 455 555. Every weekday from 12, local people. Wendy Halson and David Shipley, the trustees of the Harpenden charity Spotlight on Africa. So privileged to see lives change, conditions change. Local stories. A death cafe will be popping up in Bedford later this month, opening its doors for you to share sensitive stories and talk of afterlife. That people with the similar concerns. And you can have a light-hearted side of it as well, and we often end like that, you know. Local life. We're going to be heading off into the unassuming countryside of Bedfordshire. We all know the brick pits and the industrial spoil that's marked the Marston Vale. Mick Hoffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Kath, girls, do you fancy... I'm a bit peckish. Do you fancy going to, um, I don't know, Nando's or something after the show? doesn't open till about half 11. Oh, um... Oh, the Death Cafe's open. I'm busy. What time? It, it, um, it's, it'll be open at nine o'clock. We could go down there, have a coffee, have a, a sandwich and talk about death. Is it death or is it death? It's, it's death. death. Oh. So what happens? You talk go there. about death. And if you t- talk about something else, do you, are you asked to leave? Get out. I'm finished. Can I just uh, rectify a wrong? Please do, mate. <laughs> Local authorities no longer have the power to build schools. This is what... Oh, I wish I knew stuff better than I do. Um, I'll be, uh, li- Katie will be back. It's the first time she's ever done one of those, uh, and she was very nervous, I could tell. Uh, and, um, you know... I, 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 do you know what? I probably went a little bit easy on her. Easier than I should, and I probably shouldn't say that here on the BBC. A little bit, because it was her very first interview, and I thought... This story isn't really worthy. Or it was a good story. It's not worth me going in for the kill. But that point did annoy me because I was sure of it, but I didn't push it. Yes, local authorities can't build schools, can they? No. Not anymore. Their powers have been significantly curtailed in the last few okay. years. Well, I did say to Katie when she left, that was that was the uh, only free pass you're getting. Next time you come in, it's uh, it's all guns are blazing from me. It's hammer me. time. Yeah, it's, it's stop, it's hammer time. Uh, 08459 No, a Buckinghamshire-born Conservative MP, who's also a practising GP, has said that people who deliberately make unhealthy choices should pay for some of their NHS treatment. 
Dr Philip Lee says that the majority of patients for whom medication is prescribed are suffering from conditions which are prominently to do with their own lifestyle. Well, he joins me now. Good morning, Dr Philip Lee. Good morning, Ian. How would this idea work? Well, the purpose of the article in Sunday Express yesterday, uh, the central thrust, was actually that we should depoliticise uh, our handling of the NHS. And in that article, I said that the, we had this... Increasing demand, I mean, it's been going up inexorably uh, for many, many years. I mean, we've doubled the NHS budget, uh, more than doubled us in the last 10 years. And we know that the main drivers of this uh, are chronic disease, uh, chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, hypertension and the like. And so I was suggesting that if we know this, and if we know that we have this demand and it still continues to go up and we have an ageing society, etc., would it not be fairer um, for us to start considering that we, in part, not totally, but in part, start to reflect your contributions uh, based upon the choices you make. So I, I guess what, we're talking about um, um, heavy drinkers, smokers and fat people, are we? Well, actually, with regards to smokers, um, it's the, the, they actually uh, already contribute quite significantly. And sadly, because they smoke, they uh, die uh, prematurely. So therefore, they're oh, not they're necessarily... They're saving us money. They're not necessarily the burden. But the, point, the broader point is actually to do with the fact that we have this challenge of trying to maintain a 21st century healthcare system under a weight of increasing demand. And I just think that it would be better if political parties got out of this debate uh, and discussed it honestly and candidly so that we could secure that 21st century healthcare system that we all would like. Are you a smoker, Philip? No. Because smokers, it's interesting that you, you excluded uh, smokers uh, f from, from I, that list. I, I'm not excluding them. I'm just saying that it, because of the right. nature okay. of, of, of that, it, it's a broader point about the fact that we all make um, decisions about our lifestyles. Some people uh, eat, eat more, some people smoke more, some people drink more. I'd, I, I'm, I'm quite sort of content to accept that people will choose those lifestyles, but if they do, um, they then also need to have some, it's in part, mm. some reflection of the cost implications. So, so, of so how lifestyles. would it work, for, for example, if um, we'd, we'd, uh, there's a, a fat lad who's got type 2 diabetes because of his, his weight, what, he, he would be encouraged to pay half of the treatment? Is it that kind of system well, no, you're I mean, about? It depend, Well, actually, I didn't advocate any particular policy or no. any particular payment system, and I'm not personally in favour of charging to see the doctor because I wouldn't want to discourage people seeking health care. Yeah. Um, one possibility, though, for instance, could be on the drugs bill. Actually, if you look at the actual true cost of the tablets, not the prescription cost, the true cost yeah. of the tablets, most of the tablets prescribed by GPs are about a pound a month. Drugs like metformin, omeprazole, ramipril, these tablets, which I'm sure your listeners uh, are taking, are about a pound a month. So we're not talking a significant sum of money to the individual. However, if you actually add it all up, we're north of ten billion pounds, billion pounds a year on drugs and prescribing costs. And so, over a period of say ten years, I think it would be acceptable to move that on to the individual, because then you see the individual can make a choice, an informed choice about how they lead their lives. It's uh, finally, uh, Philip. It's been suggested that this is uh, another uh, move towards the privatisation of the NHS. That some people think the Conservatives are in favour. What would you say to that? Uh, absolute nonsense. Um, in fact, I totally 
strongly against it. In fact, I would take the market out of acute health care if it was up to me. Um, I've called for the depoliticisation for a royal commission on the structures of hospi- structuring of hospitals and the like. And I'd also want some informed people, some wise people, people who know about these things, to sit down and talk about this. The Na- Na- National Health Service is too precious for us to be bouncing it around every five years between political parties. I'd rather that we actually all sort of shared in a, in, in a proper discussion about the long-term future of it. Philip, good to talk to you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Dr Philip Lee, Conservative MP, um, and uh, he's also a GP. I'm a poet and I never realise. I love the fact um, that... Uh, and it's good to talk to Philip, and uh, if you want to have your sound that you're more than welcome. He's the second MP I've heard in a week saying we need to depoliticise the uh, National Health Service. Do you know, anyone notice a certain irony there that's coming from an MP who keeps saying we need to depoliticise the National Health Service? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow all the way from Junction 12 for Flittick to Junction 8 for Hemel Hempstead because of the accident. It is on the hard shoulder, uh, but it is causing some long delays. And it's also looking very busy in Luton on Dunstable Road from the uh, M1 Junction 11 for Dunstable to Waller Avenue. On the M11 southbound, there are queues from Junction 11 for Duxford to Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford because of an accident earlier. And there's also a lane blocked on the roundabout at Bishop Stortford on the Stansted side because a lorry's broken down. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's queuing from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 16 for the M40 and in Chesant on the A10 southbound and it's looking very slow from the College Road to the Winston Churchill Way at the Lieutenant Ellis Way as well looking very slow. No major problems showing up on the uh, public transport departure boards. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Daytime Liak knew the headlines. There's demands that the founders of a failed girls' academy in Luton should pay back the grant they received. The government has withdrawn its support for the school, which was due to open in September. The family of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down in Luton have raised £3,000 for a survey of the road where she died. Maya Shahzad was hit by a bus on Dunstable Road six months ago. At the Grammys, Sam Smith was the biggest winner of the night, taking four awards in Los Angeles. And farmers in Bedfordshire say they've created a new red onion that's not as smelly and less likely to make you cry. Bedfordshire growers in Biggleswade say it's taken 20 years to perfect the variety. The weather will be cloudy with mist and fog patches slow to clear through the day top temperatures around 6 degrees Celsius, that's 43 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. There were wins for Watford and Wickham over the weekend. A draw for Luton, but defeat for Stevenage. And fresh from holding the League One leaders Bristol City to a goalless draw, MK Dons visit Bradford this evening. The Dons will check on the fitness of striker Dean Bowditch, who came off injured on Saturday. And the rapid turnaround means a night on the road for Dons boss Carl Robinson and his squad. We're going to a restaurant now, all the players and the staff, and then we're going off to a hotel and we're, we're camping in a hotel. Well, not camping, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it'll be cold. We're putting our, putting our tents up now. <laughs> I would have thought of Delhi Monday when I got to the hotel, but no, no we're going to them. We're going to go. We're going to set up base at a hotel for because our training ground's being frozen. We've not been on training grass all week either. 
The West Ham manager has accused Manchester United of playing long ball tactics to salvage a draw from their match at Upton Park yesterday. West Ham held on for most of the match before Daley Blind's injury time equaliser. Here's West Ham boss Sam Allardyce. In the end, we couldn't cope with long ball Man United. They just kept punting it in, punting it into Fellaini. And in the end, it paid off for them. So people say that uh, we play direct, but uh, I've never seen Manchester United play that direct. And non-league Boreham Wood go to Farnborough in Conference South tonight. Finally, England's cricketers have won their World Cup warm-up match against the West Indies in Australia. England won by five runs, having bowled out the West Indies for 122. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at nine o'clock. Thank you. Oh, I keep pressing the wrong button. Hang on, let me say that again. Thank you. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. He's back. Giza? Yeah, we'll be speaking to... Giza? Yeah, the Giza General in a few minutes, but before that, Carol's in Luton. Hello, Ian. Morning, Carol. What have you got for us? Um, Ian, I'm one proud mum this morning. Why? What happened? My son, who was born and bred in Luton, educated mm. in Luton, right up into Luton University, won a Grammy last night. Hey! <laughs> Is this Sam Smith's mum? No, I'm not Sam Smith's mum. Who are you, then? <laughs> I'm Wes Clark's mum. Yeah, Wes Clark is much better than Sam Smith, don't you think? <laughs> he, won a gran- he won a Grammy. Yes, it was in the Best Dance Music Recording, yeah. and it was for the best-selling record of the year, which he was Rather Be by Clean Bandit. Right, now, listen, you, Carol, Carol, you are talking to a, a, a very, <laughs> very old man. Um, uh, so the, let, girl, the, the girls will have heard of let, it. Let me, shall I bring in the voice of you? Hang on a second. Yeah. Catherine, can you put Kelly on? How rude. I mean... Kelly, do you know who who Carol is talking about? Yes. And have we checked her credentials just to make sure she's not some fantasist (laughs) who wants a little bit of glory? Yeah, I have. You know the song she's talking about too. Go on. Do you remember when we went to the uh, Gillards? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's his. Oh, like... Oh, really? Yeah, that's oh, the one. You, you must be you must be over the moon, Carol. Yes, we was watching it live on our iPads and iPhones last night, and we actually saw him go up on stage and collect it. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Did he get to? Yeah. Now, did they get to make a speech at the Grammys? He done a speech. He done a speech. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. what does? Because because the the thing about the Grammys, you get your Brits and your Baftas, yeah. and you know they they're great, but they're, they're, yeah. this is in America. This is a Grammy. This is big yeah. news. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's been DJ. He started off as a DJ when he was about nine years old, I suppose. Yeah. He became one of Head Candy's international DJs. Oh, I, I know Head and Candy, then, yeah. Um, yeah, and then he, he spent uh, years at home in our garage, which we converted into a little studio for him. Yeah. He spent years in there not not earning any money. Yeah. And now he's got his own studio at London Bridge and he's doing very, very well. Did you never say to him, now, come on, son, for goodness sakes, when are you going to get rid of all these tape recorders and these, these, all, and all of this nonsense and get a proper job? Ian, they're still here. Oh. <laughs> hey. He's moved out, but all the stuff's still here. Put that on eBay, love. That, you'll get a fortune for that. Yeah, I know, but you would see the records we've got in there. Really? Thousands of them, yeah. Was but, he always um, musical when he was growing up? Yeah, so I've had another son, and they were both DJs, right, right from say when they were young teenagers. So um, yeah, he, he really was, and he's, he's just followed his dream. 
Hang on a minute. Um, let me let me bring John uh, Daly. Hey, morning, boss. This is the, Car- the Carol's son is a great. He won a Grammy last night. At Where's Clark? Unbelievable. It's a fantastic story, isn't it? Now listen, because we you know we're both like proper music fans, mm-hmm. um, and the Grammys are almost mythical, aren't they? Mm, amazing. You know, well, whenever somebody wins a Grammy, that's when you take them really, really seriously. If you're in the business to win a Grammy, that's right up there, isn't it? Here we go. Here we go. Ringing any bells, Carol? Well, now, Carol, listen, if he wants to do a remix of the remix, he should get me and Justin in. <laughs> I think that tune was actually used on an advert recently, wasn't it? Um, Mark, Marks and Spencer's advert. Yeah, so Carol, I was a few yeah. bob from that as well. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Carol, let's let's get down to the figures. Has he, <laughs> bought, has he, has he bought you a new, new house yet? What are you still doing in Luton? Come on. Uh, no, he hasn't bought me a new house, but he's a very, very good son. <laughs> <laughs> Did you speak to him last night or this morning? Um, not, well, but they're eight hours behind us, right. aren't they? Yeah, yeah so of course, yeah. I did send him a message through my iPad and he messaged back, but I've had one this morning to say his battery had gone flat. So <laughs> he's a technical to. wizard and he's got a flat battery. <laughs> oh, Carol, listen, that's that's so wonderful. You must be so proud of him. I, we really are. We really are. Oh, I'm yeah. really glad you yeah. gave us a call. That's a really nice call. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ian. Take care. Bye bye. Hey. Wiki wow wow. All together. Etc. Etc. What I call that was? What's that song called? It's like now, manga, manga, manga. Did you get the Carol just call in spontaneous? Oh, well done. Well, I tell you what. We'll do that tomorrow. If mums just want to phone uh, phone up and show about the kids, phone up and have a boast about your kids tomorrow. They don't need to have won a Grammy. Can I start? Go on. Yesterday, my oh, this three is this is good, Justin. Listen this to is, this. This is gold. Right. Yesterday, I got saw my three-year-old getting one of the chairs, the dining room chairs. I thought, what's she doing with that? I'll, I'll I'll let it go and see what happens. She moved it over to where my record player is. She climbed upon the chair. She opened the catches. It's one of those old-fashioned dance-set record players. She put the Ronettes on. <gasps> Be my baby, age three. Oh, You're welcome, world. Wow. <laughs> she, she's taught her well. That is brilliant. She this even is, used a little cloth. This is what we'll do tomorrow. And, Justin, maybe you want to go out on the streets and get something yeah, yeah, on yeah. this. Uh, we want mums, only mums. We'll do dads another day. OK, we will do dads. Dads brags. Dads brags, <laughs> but uh, mums bums. No, mums... Ch- <laughs> no, mums... T- anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Uh, mothers, brothers. No. Uh, tomorrow's show, mums can phone in uh, and brag about their kids and it, it doesn't have to be a grammy it can be you know that they made they learned out my <laughs> my uh, nephew dylan who i can never remember his age i think he's um nine or ten oh, i don't know they grow so quickly don't they he's gonna be ten or nine nine or ten he went away for his first week away with the school right and when he came back he started drinking tea oh 
<laughs> and my sister texted me the other day saying, oh, Dylan's in the other room, he's drinking tea. <laughs> so it can be something as ridiculous as that. We will do that tomorrow. I Ooh, like that. Great, great stuff. Uh, great stuff. Now, Ju- Justin, of course, today is a very special day. Mm. Because it's you, you may not know this, it's the anniversary. Oh, hang on a second, she's still going on. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's, it's a very special anniversary, Justin. Go on. Because today is the anniversary of you speaking to this guy. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. <laughs> yeah, it's the anniversary of you talking yeah. to that guy, Justin. Absolutely. Uh, it's a very special day as well, I believe. And now this is really, really special. Yeah. You know Dad Pop? Yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know, hang on one second. Let's just this recap. Dad Pop. Where did that idea come from? Yeah, I mean, it came from my, my brain. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it came from his brain. I believe that um, him and his campaign to get cars off the pavement is going to be featured on the BBC this evening. So I hear... On the telly? On the telly, Dad yes. Pop's on telly! It came from his brain, oh. and now he's going to be on TV. This is a day... This is a holy day of celebration. Yeah. <laughs> so those, those that know, Dad Pop is brilliant, and his, his name escapes me, and I'm, I'm, it will come to me uh, in the a bulldog. minute. The Bulldog. The yeah. Bulldog. He's a uh, bikini. Bikini. That's David the fella. Bikini. Um, he basically campaigns to uh, get people to uh, not park on the pavements yeah. so that he can, people in wheelchairs can get past. And it, do you know, did you know this, Justin? He gave up on the idea until we went back to him the second time. Is that right? He'd given up on the idea, yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd lost faith in it and he thought it was pointless. No. And then we got in touch to follow up the story. And it was all on his Facebook page. And he said, I've been so inspired and my heart has been warmed by BBC Three Counties Radio that I've decided I'm going to carry on with Dad Pop. And now he's on the telly. Yeah, fantastic now story. Now he's on yeah. the telly. Yep, yep. He, he has risen again and uh, he is up there. And Justin, mm. your mum should be proud of that because you took that story mm. and you made it your own. You yeah. owned it. Yeah. In, the, in the good sense. I mean, it's sad that my, uh, my dad's very proud. He sent an email to the whole family recently saying, uh, my son, and uh, of course with you, we became an internet sensation for what we did on the streets of Luton recently. Yep, 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 yep. Sent a whole email to everyone in the family. Not one response. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, Lorraine, thank you. Yes, tomorrow it's Mother's Pride. Excellent. <laughs> it's Mother's Pride tomorrow. Uh, now, Justin, I've got no idea what we sent you out. Shaving. Oh, yeah, there's a story yeah. in the Daily Mail. I suspect a made-up story suggesting that women should shave their faces, not if they're hairy, mm-hmm. just to get rid of the fine hairs, as it will be good for their skin. Yeah, apparently it helps with, with the ageing process. Um, I'm just going to chop down one, on one of your hot one woman who hasn't got enough to do, clearly. Oh. Yeah, so apparently some ladies, according to this feature, it's in a few of the papers this morning, uh, this lady wakes up at 6.30 every single day, and she shaves her face, and apparently it helps with the ageing process. Uh, first day back, um, the streets were, were slightly tense this morning. Um, towards the end of the feature, um, things really did Take a turn. I've got to say, Justin, mm. I don't think Matt Lockwood did um, much peacekeeping in the streets. He was getting <laughs> the last package he played on Friday was basically him getting threatened. Uh, yeah, I actually heard that on the way back from the airport. That yep. one. Yeah, it was great stuff. So what we need this morning is a ladies' perspective special. Yes, let's do it. Ring the bell. All, All the, the ladies, ladies in the house. The ladies. The ladies. The Ladies Perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts and bucks. The ladies, the ladies, ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies. Morning, madam, how are you? Fine, Ian, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, so, Ladies Perspective special this morning. Um, apparently, according to experts, it helps women age better if they shave their face. Have you ever shaved your face? Oh, my dear. Have you ever shaved your face? No. Would you ever shave your face, madam? No, because I wouldn't. It's just weird. <laughs> but 
it helps with the ageing process. We can make the world a much better place. Yeah, but I don't think that's proven. Shaving your face, men would look younger that way as well. Yeah, exactly. Think. That's what the experts are saying. It helps with, 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 with men. I don't think men do if they shave. No? No. Do you like my stubble? It's all right. Oh, well, I wouldn't do that. Just come back hairier. Well, not according to the experts. It will. When you shave your legs, it comes back thicker. Hello, boss. How are you? Yeah, not bad. What do you think about ladies who have facial hair? Not too bothered. Thanks for your time. Right. How often do you shave your face? I don't shave my face. How often do you see ladies with beards? Every day. How does that make you feel? Weird. It's uncomfortable. What's your advice to, to any lady listening right now? And this, of course, is a, a ladies' perspective special. It's all about being honest. What's your message to women out there that, that, that have got beards or, or goatees or even a moustache? They should shave their faces so it does not like traumatise people walking on the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are still long delays on the M1 southbound from Junction 12 for Flitwick to Junction 8 for Hamel Hempstead after the accident earlier, although all the lanes are open. In Luton on Dunstable Road, it's very slow still from the M1 Junction 11 for Dunstable Road to Waller Avenue. And the M1 towards London has queues also building up between Junction 7 for Hamel Hempstead and 6 for North Watford. On the M11 southbound, it's easing off now between Junction... Uh, Junction and 9 for Saffron Walden and 8 for Bishop Stortford after the accident there earlier and also it's all open again on the Junction 8 Bishop Stortford roundabout after the breakdown. On the M25 there are queues between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4 and it's also looking really slow on the M40 between Junction 3 for High Wycombe East and the M25. On the trains there are reports of any major problems but on the London Underground the Metropolitan Line, Circle Line and Hammersmith and City Line have severe delays because of the signalling problem at Euston Square. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. My tea-drinking nephew, Dylan, is listening. I hope you're slurping on a cup of tea, Dills. You wait till you get on the coffee. Sorry? No, I don't think you can give them coffee. Why? Um, it's a free world. We're living in communist China all of a sudden. If he wants coffee, if he wants coffee with five sugars in it, followed by a Coca-Cola, then he should have that. And that, my friend, is the reason why. <laughs> I've got to do the news, hang on. I'm laughing about a child drinking tea. It always makes me feel funny when I know my it makes me feel funny when I know my family are listening. I wish they wouldn't. My little ones drink tea, but then again we are dead common. <laughs> when I used to drink tea as a child, I would it always tastes nicer if I drank it from the spoon. Oh. So I, I would get it from the spoon. And it made... just drink the leftovers. <clears throat> We're talking about tea, not, not uh, beers no, and vodkas I... and gingers. Oh. Sorry about that. Try gin, Dylan. 8.40... Morning, Pepper, by the way. I have to say, though, I should get upset. <laughs> Mummy, why is Dylan in the corner being sick and crying and holding his shoe like a baby? <laughs> oh, I, can't, I really can't be bothered. Let's get the weather. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather grey day across all three counties. Temperatures above zero this morning, so it's feeling a bit milder, especially compared to last week. But this cloud is really stubborn. Could get one or two brighter spells further north you go, perhaps, out towards parts of Bedfordshire, perhaps. Uh, but in the most part, it is going to be quite grey. Temperatures up to around 8 or 9 Celsius later. If you do manage to get some sunshine, it will perhaps sneak up a degree more. Overnight, still some cloud, clearer spells though, and when we get the breaks, the temperature will drop a little further. Could get some mist and fog developing. Minimum temperature in the most part above zero, but in some rural spots it could dip down to zero, so maybe a sparkle or two of frost in those places tomorrow morning. Tomorrow it's just very similar. Uh, we've got plenty of cloud, maybe one or two brighter spells, light winds, and a maximum temperature of eight, maybe nine Celsius. And then it's repeat again for Wednesday. Our next change really comes later on on Thursday, where the wind picks up, turning wet and windy as we head through Friday. And that's your forecast. So, um, I've got to do this. Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of uh, it's chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of oh. the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, humiliated and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarket, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you... It. What does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000. When you're in such a low and desperate place, you'll do anything. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is why I can't be trusted with knobs. I've just um, managed to finish off that, um, pretty, pretty much that whole packet of hobnobs. Phew. Good for you, man. No, no, it's not good for me. I've, I'd lost a lot of weight and now I'm putting it back on again. In biscuit. I went to Bletchley Park at the weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh. Knife I know it well. Knife expensive, isn't it? Yes. Really expensive. But it's a national treasure. It's great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought some of the huts were a little bit boring. There's some where there's not a lot in there. And I, I was for £16.75, I was expecting a bit more. But I did enjoy it. But you chose a nice day for it as well. Oh, really nice day. It's great. Pla- I mean, great grounds. I had a roast dinner there. I won't get the roast. The beef was a little bit... It was like it was cooked in the wartime. <laughs> I don't know if that's the vibe they were going for. But I did enjoy it. It was a really nice day, actually, yesterday. Uh, but the reason uh, that I uh, stayed there quite as long is because you and... Uh, um, what's the fellow with the glasses called? We just spoke to him. Scoinzy. And Helen Lee. And Helen Lee. You're all the main attractions. Yep. You're all um, you're all part of the, the furniture there. Yep. My face on a radiator. Yep. Saw that. Nice grill. Is that because you were there in the war? Who was that? Hmm? Whose stomach you? was that? That was you. That wasn't me. No, that was Kelly, and she knows it was. Who what? gurgled? No, I actually spoke. Oh, OK. <laughs> it was you gurgling. It wasn't me gurgling. It was coming from there. It was in my ear, not in my belly. Um, but I'd see what was good there. So you, you look out for... And I, 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 you and Scoins are speaking, and I didn't spot you the first time. It's because I was doing a voice. Oh, I've got... I uh, do my... Oh, this is terribly difficult. I, I recorded oh, Scoins on my phone, but I haven't got my phone. Um, but I tell you what I really enjoyed, is as, you, as you're leaving, on the left and the outside, there's a little sign that says the Radio Museum. And I was leaving, I thought, oh, I'm here, I've paid, I probably won't come back. I'll go and have a look at the radio museum. And I went in there, and I said, there was a fellow there. I said, right, have a look around. Oh, yeah, please do. And you're walking around, and it's, it's a little bit dry. Okay, you, there's a little bit dry. It's not a lot there to do. And then I turned a corner, and lo and behold, there was Nirvana, not the group, the actual uh, heavenly vision. There was a fella sat there with two massive pieces of equipment with numbers on and dials and flashing knobs, 
And I went, all right, fella, what you doing? He said, oh, I'm, uh, this is uh, your, your, your ham radio set. My jacket was off. I sat down. I wheeled up and said, right. My name's Ian, nice to meet you. He was Peter. I said, Peter, talk me... 25 minutes talking to Peter about ham radio. I bet he loved that. He loved it. I loved it. We were listening to Russia! Mrs Peter is relieved that she doesn't have to hear about it when he goes home. Well, I, I did out. say the bit of equipment he was playing with was about five grand. The other equipment was, was a grand. He says I could get one for about 450 though. What were your boys doing at this time? They weren't now. I went to home. Oh! Yeah, I know. I went to home. Screw those losers. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking ham radio is going to be my new thing. You've got to get a licence. But he gave me magazines. He told me all the, where the clubs are near me. You don't need that. Why is it called ham radio? Because you uh, order ham. You don't need that. What? Get some walkie-talkies, right? I can talk to any cabbie in a six-mile radius. I don't want to talk radius. to cabbies. I want to, listen to, I want to listen to Russia. I want to talk to Russia. Halfway through do that them, in world service. Halfway through them saying where they're going to do the next pickup, they'll hear me shouting to the kids, put her down! Put her down! I was genuinely excited by this, and um, I'll either see this through to its natural conclusion and this will be my life, or I'll get bored of it this afternoon. We'll see what happens. Where are you going to put it? Cause I've got a good idea. Fridge. Chris is from Luton. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Chris, what would you like to say? Well, this argument about smokers having to pay for their own um, medication or treatment at yes. a hospital. Yeah. People that smoke and work are paying national insurance, which contributes towards keeping the NHS going. Yeah. Um, why should I pay for treatment if I do become ill through smoking when people who don't work are allowed to go on the NHS and have their treatment for free, yet they paid nothing into it? Well, they, so they, they, maybe they... I should complain about having to pay for them. She's got me there, Catherine. She's right. Let's take um, uh, the unemployed off of... No, because, because the NHS is there to look after the most vulnerable. And, and the unemployed, it could be uh, said, are, um, uh, are vulnerable people. You, you, the, the implication you're making is that they're lazy, when I would suggest, Chris, that no, the majority no, of them are. No, I'm not making that. What I'm saying is, if yeah. we're all going to have to put a bit in, yeah. right... Anyone that is, um, it's not their fault they're disabled, but uh, personally I have a view about young ladies that um, get pregnant and have babies because it's their right and they've never put any contribution in, right? That annoys me, but I allow it because I pay into the National Health Service in okay. the system forever. Very generous, yep. Right? Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I come across all... Blah, blah, blah. But if I have to pay for my own personal insurance, say yeah. like the booker or someone, yeah. then may I take my contribution out of my national insurance contribution to pay for my own medication? I don't think that would be good because it wouldn't be spread across everyone. That would just be me being selfish for me. Why don't you stop smoking, Chris? I've tried a couple of times, but I'm addicted, man. Yeah, tell if me, I man. Was I was it's, it's, it's addictive. It is addictive, man. Yeah, and if I was a drug addict, I would have help and free drugs to come off it. You get free, you think... get you get free help from the NHS to get off smoking. Yeah. To get off smoking. No, I you know yeah. I tried it a couple of times, and because I work, yeah. it's impossible because no. they want you to check in with them when they want you to check in with them. But it would still be free. So just because no, yeah, just it doesn't fit, no, Chris, no, Chris, I'm not Chris. Chris, I'm not having that, Chris. I'm not having that just because it doesn't fit into your schedule. It's still free. You can't, you can't do that. I'm not. No, yeah. 
spoken before, Chris? Not me and you, but I was speaking to someone last week. Don't try to put me down. No. You know I have it. I am you... marching forward with this. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, Chris, I, I like you. I want you to call again. I'll call you any time. I'd yeah. love to have spoken to your conservative member, yeah. but unfortunately <laughs> she's gone. And I think I want to take up with her as well. And Chris. Gavin Shooker, oh, my God, I would put him in a box and leave him. Oh, Chris! Chris, call us again. <laughs> oh, Chris, I'll try and call. If it fits into your schedule... Schedule. Try and call about half past seven in the morning because I could speak to you all... Well, I could be spoken to by you. I could be shouted at by you all morning. That's what you want, a bit of spunk in our listeners. And my ears bleeding. <laughs> oh, Chris, that was excellent. Thank you. You spoke a load of rubbish, but you spoke it wonderfully. Now, yes, kissing cats. Oh, yeah, go on. I no, you said you quite like annoying them by staring at them. I've just seen a picture of Justin Daly on the beach. Sorry. I know, I can't get that out of my yeah, mind. Yeah, the worst thing you can do to a cat is watch it while it's having a poo. There's something else you can do. Yep. You stare at them while yep. they're doing that. Yep. And then just as it gets unbearable for the cat, and you can tell they're oh. getting a bit... Because they do a face, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they look full of shame. You very, Shaming very, cat. very slowly close your eyes. Do you know that? what that is? No. Cat kiss. <laughs> so you've wound them up and then blown them a kiss. They hate it. Which, but what, which, what, what is a cat kiss? Cat, Where have you learnt this? Catists out there know this. This is how cats kiss you. Apart from with their mouths and their rough tongues. But um, they close their eyes really slowly. It's, well, um, it's interesting. It's a come that. on. It's a catty come on. I was, I was listening to Radio 4 and they were talking about um, uh, cat psychology. Yeah. And in fact, I recorded... Uh, have I got it? Yeah, I recorded a little bit of Radio 4, cat psychology. You know um, when cats claw your lap? Do you know what that is? I have no idea. Why do they do that? Well, have that? a listen to this show from Radio 4 at the weekend. Have you ever seen a cat when it gets into its basket? It'll turn and turn and turn and stick its paws into the bottom. Right. And it sounds when it gets on your lap and it digs its paws into your leg because it thinks it's going to sleep on a snake. And that is from Radio 4. That is from Radio 4 of all places. Justin Dealey has... <laughs> Carpet Martin's birthday. Happy birthday, Carpet Martin. Maybe trying to break the internet a la Kim Kardashian. Uh, Justin Dealey. Carpet Martin has asked for a topless picture of Justin Dealey. And Dealey's obliged! But he's topless, but he's carrying a bag. Yeah, that's his tops in there, but, isn't it? But why? Well, where else is he going to put his top if not on his body? It's a, it's a great has picture. He his, has he got his T-shirt hanging out of his shorts? What's that? I don't... I, don't, I really, I really don't want to know. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are long delays from Junction 12 for Flitwick to Junction 8 for Hemel Hempstead after the accident earlier. All the lanes are open, but it's still very slow. On the A1M southbound, it's looking really slow on the speed sensors approaching Junction 7 for Stevenage. Rob called to say that it's really slow at the tailbacks from Junction 10 for uh, 10, and that's uh, because of a car that's broken down in the fast lane of the motorway, so we'll look into that more for you. On the M11, all the lanes have reopened at Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford, and the delays are easing off there now. And the A1 northbound is very slow 
25 from the M25 Junction 23 for South Mims uh, with queues backing up from Boreham Wood. On the trains, no reports of any major delays, but on the underground, the Metropolitan Line, the Circle Line and the Hammersmith and City Line all have severe delays because of a signalling problem at Euston Square. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. That's it, that's your lot from us today. Great to have you back, J-Dog. Thank you, Kelly Betts. Thank you, Catherine Boyle. Thank you, Wes Clark's mum. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think giving men four weeks paternity leave is a good use of government?